0: You remembered that. We were watching last night, and I was like, well, the beanie's in the time capsule. And he's like, ah, oh, it's buried in the time capsule. And I was like, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> and that's what I said. Hello, and welcome to our Riverdale podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 27-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is going to be all about our mind desk. <laughs> Which so, is different from a mind palace, you see Yes. Well, in ju- in uh, in Jughead's, uh, we don't actually get to see his desk at all. We just see the door to get to the desk. Yes, and that has like pictures on it. So basically, describe your mind desk. I think that the things that would be on my desk, I would probably have a picture of my family, uh, a picture of me pop, and uh, some D and D dice, and oh, of your probably desk like be full of stuff. Yeah, probably like a microphone and some headphones. Mm-hmm. definitely stuff like that your laptop plus all the cables yeah but if i could only have things that are like symbolic or whatever D D dice for sure mm-hmm. if i can't have like a picture of my dog then maybe i'd have like a little figurine that looks like him yeah you know or like, like um like a collar mm-hmm. yeah. and then maybe something that represents disney world also oh but of course i really love disney world but of course yeah like, a, maybe, like, a little um, globe with um, the Magic Kingdom on yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 32-year-old artist and writer. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can find it attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. I need to update my bio. I can't take naps anymore. I still like oh. them, but I can't take them. Hmm. Mine? Okay, so mine would be... I've planned this down to, like, what the desk would look like. Mm-hmm. So mine would definitely be what I have now, which is, like, a bright, white, crisp desk. Mm. I really love that as a backdrop. And then I would have... Little, like, plants. Mm -hmm. Because I really like plants. I really like the look of plants. Um, But they'd have to be fake because I kill plants. Yeah. I would definitely have my wedding rings. Because, you know, I have wifey, of course. Mm. And, like, a little, like, pride pin. Oh yeah, like I'd have like a mug on mine with a little ace flag. Like, yeah, yeah, like a little yeah. ace flag. Mm-hmm. And then I would definitely have like a lot of the accessories would be pink and gold because that's just absolutely what I'm into. Mm-hmm. And then with just like a little bit of matte black in there too. But I think the objects would be things like, um, like an apple pencil mm-hmm. for like drawing. And then just sort of like an easel, things like that. Things that I genuinely have on my desk now that just represent me. And then, what would I have, Snoopy, for you? Maybe a little kitty paw print coaster or something. For my little baby boy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, um, a little Coke Zero bottle, cause bitch, I love Coke Zero. Girl, I be no. Yeah. I be no. Yeah. No, that's what I would have, a Starbucks cup. I would have a, mm. I would yeah, have yeah, one yeah. of the collectible Starbucks cups, cause you guys probably don't know this about me, but, um, I'm addicted to collecting Starbucks cups, but I have been very good, like, the mm. last four months or so. I think I've not bought any. I, would totally buy Starbucks cups because they're beautiful and very um, useful. I just wish that they came in bigger sizes because there's there's just not enough liquid in there for me. Like which I, is so interesting because Sam just discovered that these are trainnta sized. Yeah, I yeah. need more. Which is that's like so my um you need like a jug. My water bottle is like at least a liter, maybe a liter and a half. They actually just did do a collab with, you know, like Stanley. They make like the the heavy duty stainless steel mugs and stuff. Okay. They just did a Stanley Starbucks collab. I can show you some of the pictures of like what they did because some of those are huge. Yeah. yeah. I just like I cannot be going back and forth to the fridge for more water more often than maybe twice a day. But don't you want cold water? It just, uh, it doesn't need to be cold. It's oh. nice when it's cold, but it doesn't need to be. My water needs to be ice cold. It needs to be so cold that it hurts my teeth. I will always put ice in there if, like, there's a thing in, like, at my ha- my parents' house. They got a new fridge after <gasps> I left. Did and they get has, an ice uh, fridge? Yeah. And so then I'll always get ice because it's right there. And, like, I know that we have an ice machine, but I have to go all the way into the pantry for that. Uh, <laughs> so that just doesn't happen Not me. the pantry. Yeah. And also you guys use it so much that I don't want to take away from your ice. No, it's okay, because it constantly makes ice. You can use you can use the Sometimes ice machine. Sometimes it's out, and then I'm like, oh, no. Robin, please use the ice well, machine. You Perhaps. Here. I'll think about it. If you live in an apartment, th- if there's one splurge that I can encourage you to make as the world heats up, get an ice maker. Like, get a Costco membership, buy an ice maker from Costco. If it ever breaks, 10 years down the line, you can return it. Mm-hmm. Trust me on this, because we don't have a fridge with ice. Mm-hmm. And I am not spending all my time making ice. Yeah. I will not do it. Can't I did it. For like four years before I got that thing. Mm-hmm. I will not do it anymore. Anyway, do you want to talk about Riverdale though? I would love That's to. That's really funny. Today we have words to say about episode 616 of Riverdale, Blue Collar. Okay, so uh Blue Collar is a 1978 American crime drama film directed by Paul Schrader in his directorial debut. Okay. The film is both a critique of union practices and an examination of life in a working class Rust Belt enclave. What's an enclave? I don't know. I don't know either. I'm not going to look it up though. When I look up... Hey, guys, answer out loud, and then maybe I'll... I'm gonna look it up. I've got it already. (laughs) Okay. Like, it makes me think of, like, some sort of, like... Cul-de-sac. Peninsula? Oh, like what we live on. I think, but, like, inside. Because enclave makes me feel like it goes in. So, yeah, kind of like what we live in where it's like a... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, an enclave is a territory or part of one that's entirely surrounded by the territory of one other state or entity. What? Oh. Okay, so it's like if... Give me a country. Canada. Okay. Uh, so I'm pretty sure, and, and I don't know because I'm not looking at the- like the Wikipedia page doesn't tell me for sure, but Alaska, if there was like more Canada around oh. Alaska, then Alaska would be an enclave. Oh, like European countries have that. Yes, but I think that, never mind, that wouldn't be true because all of it isn't- like- yeah, most of it's water. Yeah, well, most of it is, uh, below us. Most of United States, right? It would have to be the whole country that is surrounded. Enclave. It says the Vatican City and San Marino are both enclaved by Italy. Oh, there you go, okay. And, Les- and Lesotho is enclaved by South Africa. What, could you theoretically argue that Washington, D.C. is enclaved by its surrounding states then? Um, if it is, if states are a thing, if, if states count and are not just countries. Because it's an entire, it's a territory entirely. Oh, so, I see. So. Oh, Point Roberts! We're it's seeing? Point Roberts. Sure. Anyway, um, actually, yeah. the word, when I bring up the word enclave, that's actually only just talking about, um, the... T- the film in which the title is coming from so it's actually
1: not, not relevant at all to the episode. oh my god um, so okay. why don't we move
0: on we're literally already off topic i'm so embarrassed i wanted to say thank you because last episode i said if you want to talk to us anonymously you can go on our tumblr and two different people uh, went and did that hi guys um, yeah one person said oh my god i'm obsessed with you which is very very nice i um, love you really I appreciate you uh but the other person said here's what i say about betty uh and drake you can't spell fbi without buy. And I just want to say- And you're right about that. I know whichever one of you said that watched The X-Files, and if you didn't, watch The X-Files, because then Mm. that'll be doubly true. Yeah. Um. Yes, I completely agree, and also seeing the trailer for next episode. I mean- You're all correct. I'm obsessed. I'm so excited. So let's talk about tutor boot for this episode. Okay, uh, just really quickly, I'm gonna give it a toot. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a great episode. I enjoyed this episode so much and I give shoots so infrequently that I want to give this episode a shoot. Mm, okay. I straight up loved it. But you're lowering your standards too much for shoots then. I know, but, but then I never do any shoots. Exactly. Because they're special. Okay, fine. It's a toot, but it's just on the cusp. Because I had a, I didn't, I didn't hate Anything in this episode. One might even say a toot plus. A toot plus. One could say that. One shouldn't. But one could. Is that just a shart? Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Please know. Yes! That I'm watching Stranger Things in the background with my headphones on. (laughs) So me hearing toot plus, is that just a shart? Over the sentimental job <laughs> person. Oh no, but also, oh, yeah. very funny yeah. and representative of our household. There you go. Yeah, we are this stupid 100% <laughs> of the time. Yeah, yeah. so I absolutely Ooh, love yeah. this episode. Thank you so much. There were several storylines, but like we said, all of them sort of intersected together, and so it was kind of impossible to uh, we get tried. Rid of them and, Yeah, I tried to like map it out of how we were going to do it, but we, it just wasn't happening. So we're once again doing it chronologically. Hope you forgive us, and I did the first half. Okay. All right. So Jughead says in his narration that there is like a war between Percy and Archie and it's like a a, a war between good and evil. Um, I have officially gone to the side of just writing Percy in my notes the entire time because Percy is so much easier to type than Percival. I kind of forgot that that's not his name. Yeah. Like no one calls him Percy. No. But I'm gonna. (laughs) Yeah. So it turns out that Percy is paying his uh, workers significantly less now, way less than he promised them when they were working for Archie, and that they need to rent all of the equipment and he's like, we are going to... To uh, supply you with the equipment, but the renting fees comes out of your guys's pay. That is the most capitalist thing I have ever heard. That's not supplying them with the the equipment. That's forcing them to rent it. They could probably yeah. get it for friggin' cheaper at Home Depot. Yeah. Um. So obviously Fangs is really pissed off about this because he joined Percival's thing so that he could take care of his son. So Archie goes and tells Tabitha and Cheryl about it at the new found- When I say we're at Pops, I now mean the Pops at the El Royale. Yes. Which I guess is no longer a community center, like Archie wanted to continue it being. Oh, yeah. I don't know. So Where did that plot line go? I don't know. So Cheryl explains the ghost train thing again, and she's like, but we can't just go around telling people that he'll have domain over the living and the dead, so. And I'm like, yeah, I guess not. I mean, I guess, yeah, you probably couldn't say something insane like that. So Tabitha asks if Archie could convince them all to quit and Archie's like, not only can I probably not do that, but also I don't really want to because I know these people and I know that they, um, they really need this work and they really need this money. Archie is the most Mm anti-capitalist good dude. Yeah. I wish more real people were like Archie. Mm -hmm. So if you can believe this, Brittany- It feels like we've loved Archie for a very long time, right? We hated Archie. But we hated Archie for a really long time. And that was the first three seasons that we didn't like Archie. Yeah. Right? And Archie became really, uh, great at the beginning of season four. Yeah. After this season is over, and actually when you, when you math it out because the first season was shorter, um, we have loved Archie for now half of the show. Oh my God. Yeah. Which is awesome because it fit. I just love that. That now, like, he's been good. For over half of the show. But it also took us that long. But it also took that long. You know what? I'm going to say it took the show that long. Yeah, yeah. I take no responsibility. (laughs) So he's saying Percival's breaking all his promises that he made and that's what unions are supposed to be for. Uh, But he doesn't want that because united people are harder to control and he loves control. So he's trying to break their spirits. So what we need to do is remind the workers that their values are different than Percival's and we can try and get them to strike so that the work doesn't get done. So Archie turns to Cheryl and says, you know, in the past, the Blossoms and the Pickens worked together a lot. So maybe you could look in, like, your archives and see if there are documents that would make him look bad. And Cheryl says, that's fine. Me and Heather are looking through everything right now anyway, so yeah. sure. And I really appreciate Cheryl this episode, honestly, because, you know, even though she sort of gets moved to the side a little bit, um, talking to Heather and doing, like, sort of witchy things or whatever, um, she, like, keeps taking it back to, okay, but we do need to help Archie with this thing, which yeah. I think is really nice. She's had a, a personality transplant after uh, being inhabited. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. So Tabitha says that one of the waitresses at Pops heard that the workers are having to pay for their own coffee. Like, Percival isn't even paying for their own coffee. And so why don't we go and give them free coffee and show them to, like, come over here because this is, like, the headquarters of the resistance. The resistance. Jeez. Okay. I mean, I appreciate Riverdale taking on, like, unions and union busting. Yeah. I think it's weirdly, like... I mean, they're actually pretty good at doing... Mm-hmm. Well, they did it with, like, the unhoused thing exactly. and everything. Like, I like that they're taking on different things, because yeah. they're not completely messing it up, you know? Which, which, which is the bare minimum for them, really. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Betty brings Veronica to Agent Drake, and she asks about her powers. When did they show up? A few weeks ago. Was there a traumatic thing that started them? Which is the same thing that happened to Cheryl, and same thing that happened to Archie and Betty and Jughead, etc. Yes, the traumatic thing was my father's death. No! No. What do you mean? She was cursed by Percival. I know. That's not how that happened. I mean, that's fully true, right? Like, Veronica developed powers because she refused to go get her painting back and Mm -hmm. Percival cursed her. Yeah, that's true. She's such a liar. And, like, Agent Drake clearly, like, believes in all their powers. You don't think they'd be like, actually, there's a super villain who's working against us. She totally like, believes she knows. I feel like the writers kind of for- already forgot how Veronica got her powers. Mm. They were like, we need to get Veronica powers. It was, like, just that one episode that they talked about it. So, so stupid. So she's like, wait, are you Veronica Lodge of Lodge Rum? And she's like, yes. <laughs> so Drake, she knew of Hiram because she used to be an ATF agent which is the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Oh. Um, so she uh, tracked his rum stuff and his Jingle Jangle stuff. And then she got taken away to work on... My um, rum don't Jingle Jangle. My <laughs> <laughs> <by> rum. <laughs> that's good. That's good. And then we started working with illegal absinthe stuff. And so they're like, oh, that's weird. Isn't absinthe legal? And she's like, it is, but a watered down version. But there's an underground market for purists. Absinthe... Like, there's this whole thing about absinthe for some reason. I, that's, it's so weird. It takes up so much time. I'm like, why are you? All right. Veronica is constantly just choosing different alcohols to deal with. I don't really know why. It's weird. She's like, yeah, there's an underground market for purists because absinthe has wormwood in it. And that's like makes it green, which is like the it's stereotypical thing. Mm-hmm. But it also is toxic. Um But also you seem to be filtering toxins really well and perfectly. You're very healthy. And then Betty gets a call from Alice. Okay. So basically the long and the short of it is that Veronica can filter toxins. We're this done was, this scene was just putting the idea in Betty's Veronica brain. in Veronica's mind to make absence. Yeah. So um Betty gets a call from Alice, she gets home and um she he's like where where is he? And she's like he's in your in your bedroom, right? And so Betty's like, "Oh crap." And she like runs in with a gun thinking that he's doing something bad, but it turns out that this he's is- just it's like a hospital bed. You guys it's Charles! When I tell you that Robin screamed. I screamed because this was before the title card. Yeah. It was before they showed me the guest stars, right? So she had I no was idea. like, ah! I screamed. I was so excited. You guys know how much I love Charles. You loved- okay, but, like, really here's love. the thing. Robin loves Charles because Robin created an alternate version of Charles in her head. Uh-huh. This Charles is nothing like your Charles. Yeah. But she's now grafted that personality onto him. Uh-huh. It's very funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a serial killer uh uh-uh. No. No, because I started writing that fan fiction before they- like, before the- Like, Miller in between reveal. season four and season five when, yeah. uh, before- yeah, before that reveal because they had to stop because of COVID- <clears throat> So, yeah, still in my mind, he's not a, he's not a villain. Thanks. He's just everybody's brother. So she walks in with a gun thinking he's like gonna be standing there like a villain being like, hello, Betty, I escaped from prison. And Alice was just like, honey, come quick, Charles is here. Is that what she said on the phone? I mean, I guess. Okay, so, um, but he's got like an IV, like he's dying. Which is not what we expected. Yeah, I mean, it's it's stupid in the best way. It's so funny that they put him in Betty's room, and it's because that's the set that they have. But also, I'm like, you have other rooms in your house. No, I swear to God, this show had its budget slashed. Yeah. Because there's no locations anymore. I was like, why didn't they just put him in Polly's room? But then I was like oh, if I want to make it make sense, I'd be like, oh, well, they don't want to, they want to leave Polly's room untouched because she's dead or whatever. I don't know. It's extremely funny. The, it is so clear to me that they have, like, maybe five sets left. Yeah. So, then we move over to Moose and Kevin, and Moose is complimenting Kevin on his new fancy apartment. He's like, how did you even afford this? And she, he's like, well, Percival is helping me. Um, But I had to get out of oh, my dad's house. Oh, your sugar daddy? Yeah. Your sugar daddy's <laughs> I had helping had to go to my house. And Moose, like, kind of, he's like, oh, yeah, of course he did. Right? I'm like, is Moose jealous of of Percival? I mean, they did kiss. I mean, Does Moose know about we, that? why the hell have we not brought up the fact that they kissed? They, we haven't. And again. then, like, Moose is like, ugh, of course, Percival. Ugh. Is he jealous? He's I think be. he's jealous. I mean, he's, he's acting be. like he is. Yeah. I know you literally just said that, but I'm just, like, coming back to it because I'm like, but, but did he even know? Does he even know? Like, or does he just get the you, vibes? You can be jealous of someone because your partner won't shut up about about them. That's true. That's, that's true. possible. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, I have to show that I have like a stable, permanent home for the judge and he, Moose is like, are you still doing that? You're still trying to get custody of this baby? You're and he's still like, trying to ruin a family's life? That's yeah, cute. Yeah, exactly. And Kevin's just like, yeah, I don't have a choice. And I was like, what? Yes, you do! Yes, oh, you do! I mean, you know, to me, that means that he, that uh, Percival has, like, charm-spoken him into, like, doing this, right? And later, you know, Kevin's like, I'm sorry, I ruined the plan or whatever, right? So, like, maybe he doesn't have a choice because Percival's, like, forcing him into that, or is that giving Kevin too much credit? No, I think that that, that... It's probably going to be how they explain away how everyone acted this season, Mm -hmm. is that everyone was, like, being charm-spoken, like, Alice is going to apologize for everything that she did, even, and, like, you know, it's going to be the cult all over again, Mm -hmm. where everyone just goes back to normal. It's going to be very funny. Yeah. So Alice explains to Betty that Charles is dying. They don't know how. She says, like, sepsis or leukemia or something, those are very different things. Yeah. And she said that the prison infirmary was full, so they just let him come here. Um. Okay. I don't think. I feel like they would go just. Go with me here. I don't mm, think that's how prison works. I feel like they would just send him to a different prison that did have room in their infirmary. Probably. That's what they did on Orange New Black. Yeah. I don't know. So, anyway. Uh, me just referencing more <laughs> fictional things and being like, yeah, this is how that was That's works. probably how it Stupid. Works. So she's like, yeah, he was a bad guy, but he's still your brother and he needs his family. So let's call a truce. And I'm like, well, if he needs his family, where's Where his he... dad? Thank you. I feel... Okay. I'm clowning. I'm clowning. But not only did we see a picture of FP this episode, yeah. FP's child is back. Yeah. And we saw Jelly Bean. Yeah. And they brought him up. We saw a picture of Jelly. We saw a picture of yes. Bean. Skeet season... Final season question mark? <sighs> okay. First of all, also... Not only where's his dad, but also there's somebody else who's part of his family who is actively available in this town. What? And his name is Jughead. Oh my god. Where's his brother if he needs his family? Yeah, why? Ryan just... Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Jughead's part of a different storyline, so It's right. fine. So Tabitha, they're at like the railroad where everybody's working and they brought one of their pops food trucks and they're handing out coffee to the workers and everything. Frank comes up, he's pissed off and he's like, this is against our policy. I'm like, I'm like getting free things is against your policy. Seems fake, man. It's really it makes me sad that they made Uncle Dilf and yeah. Mommy Milf both <laughs> evil. evil. It makes me so upset. And uh, Sheriff Dilf is also evil. Exactly. It's like yeah. any adult has to be evil, so that all of the kids. I mean, I call Excuse them kids, me, it's a but now CW, so. they're. I know. I, I call them kids because that's what you know they used to be—the kids—and now they're full adults. Either like anyway, but they all have to work by themselves. They can't get any help from the adults, and they have to make that true it's genuinely so funny to me that that's like the cw blueprint Mm. you know like no help yeah and the adults have to be evil every single time i'm like don't adults write this show right so tabitha's like well we're just telling everybody about our new promotion like for some reason sorry going back to what we were just talking about however pop is allowed to help parents aren't allowed but grandparents are okay but listen pop is the most wholesome man in the entire world you couldn't make pop unlikable if you tried Mm -hmm. if pop killed someone i'd be like yeah, well, they probably had it coming. Yeah, probably. It's Pop! Mm-hmm. So she's like, just telling everyone about our new promotion. It's only 25 cents for a burger, same as when the union started in 49. Um, How does Tabitha make money at Pops? I don't think she does. The thing is that she keeps me, and I have this later in my notes, but later when she's like, we, ha- we we offered to help with the medical expenses for this guy who lost his foot... <laughs> And I'm like, how do you make money? Well, actually, Tabitha also, so she has her satellite thing at the Babylonium. That's true. And she said that she has a couple trucks. Mm -hmm. I bet with the slow expansion, Tabitha's probably sitting pretty by now. That's actually true. And, you know, they sell a lot of burgers and they're probably going to sell a lot more burgers because of this new promotion, which is a significant discount. It's so significant that I don't think she's turning a profit on those burgers. I don't think so either. But I'm also like, but what do you need with a burger? Like maybe your your burger is 25 cents, but you still have to pay for your fries. You still have to pay for your drink. That's a good point. Right? And her main thing also is milkshakes. Right? So, yeah. Anyway, I'm just like, she gives away a lot of money. So I just wonder about that. And I I think it's just because, like, it's, she's just such a good person. Yeah. Like, the Tates are such good people. Mm Mm-hmm. Ugh. But, yeah, I mean, that's fair. I would love to look at Tabitha's books, but I wouldn't understand any of it. Bringing in Tabitha was one of Riverdale's best decisions. Hundo. Um, yeah. So she says, yeah, you should come over because we're having an open mic night tonight. And we were like, ooh, who's going to sing? And then no one did. Like, you guys robbed me of open mic night? What's wrong with you? all right. I wanted to see that. So uh, Percival goes into Reggie's mind and sits down at his mind desk, and he his goes through desk. goes through the comics and finds the comic and sees that a a paper was written or was ripped out, right? <gasps> so he's like, mm, "I must have underestimated Jones." And he comes back out and says, "Yeah, you're right. They they did take a memory from you." So this establishes that Percival and Jughead have the same kind of like. Mm-hmm. Not, I guess the same kind either. of power. Mm-hmm. I guess that Percival's just more practiced at his, but I do yeah. think it's the exact same power. It is, yeah, except. Um, Without the charm speak, of course. Yeah, and also Percival has his hearing as well. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But no, but the, the hearing isn't like part of Jughead's powers, right? Yeah. Is it? Oh, um, it might be. Well, no, he just hears people's thoughts. Yeah. I think it's interesting that he can still, like, hear and understand what Veronica is saying to him after his powers sort of get, like, all staticky, you know oh, what I yeah. mean? Like, he's still talking to Veronica. Probably reading lips. Yeah, probably, yeah. Or, or the writers forgot that he's deaf. Correct. It's that one. So, um, Reggie's like, yeah, okay, well, anyway, you were gonna teach me magic? Um, and he's like, sure, yes. And he hands him a ventriloquism dummy! Th- guys, this is not a joke! It's literally... <laughs> He had it made. Yeah, like think about the implications of handing Reggie a ventriloquist dummy that looks like Reggie. Yeah, Reggie's Who's like, are you going to go have that made? Yeah. And he's like, cool. So another person just calling me a dummy. Great. Not only a dummy, but a puppet. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's another thing I was writing down, like, after he was just like, hey, boss, you can go and try and get into Jughead's mind now. I was like, oh, Reggie's just another freaking lackey. He's just, yeah, he's a flunky. Reggie's like, uh, actually, Veronica, I can do things for myself. And then he turns around and works for other people. Yeah. Yeah. He says this is the oldest art of deception. And so during... Uh, Jughead's act, you can distract him by throwing your voice, and I'm gonna go into his mind. I'm not going to kill him, but I'm going to incapacitate him. And it works. This is my favorite thing, is Reggie somehow learned this really, really difficult mm-hmm. skill in a day. It almost feels like magic, too, because when you see him as he's throwing his it voice... It like magic. He fully is not opening his mouth at all. Yeah. I understand... Sorry. So, I understand... Uh, how ventriloquists do it when the puppet is, like, right beside them, you know? And you can sort kind of, like, their mouth is a little bit open and they're doing it because it's right beside them. But throwing their voice, like, across a room, that makes no sense to me. And I know that... Is that actually a thing? Yes. Like, I cannot is, even this fathom. This is the thing where Reggie was like, when are you going to teach me magic? I mean, you absolutely could argue that this is magic, mm-hmm. but it's magic that we have. Yeah. You know, it's not magic how does that happen i need to do more research on this but like i just like i can't even fathom how one would do that where their voice comes from a different like side of the room or something like that just makes no sense to me uh, to me it's kind of adjacent to people who can um close their mouth and still talk Mm. my sister can do that Mm -hmm. and but it doesn't sound but it it sounds different yeah but i think it's like adjacent to like just sort of how your vocal cords are built Mm. Alright. So, back at Pops, Tabitha gives a burger to Fangs, and Archie asks Fangs and also Carlos about their new contract, and Fangs is like, yeah, it sucks. Longer hours, lower pay, and there's no overtime. Like, it sucks. Like, may I just say how absolutely classy it is of Archie to still be like, Fangs, I'm gonna help you any way I can, Mm -hmm. because- It, it's not about my ego. It's about you, you needing to support your family. Yeah. And so he's like, there are ways that you can save yourself. And they're like, Percival's not going to go for a union. No. And he's like, yeah, but the union will protect you. They're like, listen, but we can't quit, Archie. And he's like, I'm not asking you to quit. No. Don't quit. No. I'm just saying that you're the one who's doing the work. And he's the one who's hanging out, right? You, so, so you, you have more. power. Yes. You have power. They have negotiation power. Mm-hmm. And that's the, like one of the things that I think is currently happening now, which is why I think the storyline is brilliant, mm-hmm. is the rise of talks of union and being like, the power is actually not in the hands of the capitalists. The power yeah. is in the hands of the labor. Mm-hmm. And the quicker people realize that and the quicker they realize that they have rights, the better. Mm-hmm. That's what the Great Resignation is all about. Is yeah. I don't like I quit my job. Like, I personally, as Brittany, I quit my writing job because I felt that I was not being valued. And I went and worked for myself. Like, the fact that Riverdale is addressing this is interesting to me. Yeah. Especially because a lot of these writers are being very underpaid. Mm. Because, um, I read a thread by a former CW writer. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Are you laughing because... No, I was just laughing that I can't... I I just think it's funny thinking about, like, the writers who are, like, in the writer's room and they're just like, what if we did a subtweet using a Riverdale episode? And I think that's what they're doing! (laughs) Yeah! Because the apparently the writers don't get the same pay as regular network writers because the CW does not classify itself as a network. It's a channel. Mm. So because it's a channel, they get paid less. Mm. So I read that from a former CW writer... And that just really makes this storyline hit different Mm -hmm. because it really does communicate like they have not only do the writers have the CW's number in terms of like what's happening, the CW is about to be sold. Mm -hmm. There's a lot at play here with this one storyline on Riverdale. Yeah, yeah. So Veronica goes and talks with Drake again, and she's like, "Hey!" Oh my God, Agent Drake is a gay person so deeply. And so she's like, "Okay, let's pivot off of Lodge Rum because you know you know about my businesses, and I want to uh, pivot to Absinthe." And Drake is like, "Okay, well, bef- like I told you before, it's dangerous." She's like, "What if I could distill it with wormwood, which is what the purists want, but it's not toxic?" And Drake is like, "Listen, people would actually super super go for that and probably pay a lot of money for that." And um, can I? be in on it but um how is she going to do that it, does that mean that Veronica is going to distill it in her own body That's what I thought is that like later like when we see her later she's like I'm gonna try and do this and she holds the wormwood and she just holds it in her hand and I guess like thinks about it a lot. Oh, yeah, maybe the touch alone would do it. Yeah, but, like, when I first saw it, or when she first started talking about this, I was like, are you gonna, like, eat it and then, like, pee it out and then put that in your, like... When I tell uh, you I uh, thought that was exactly what was gonna happen, I was like, um, are you... What? I'm scared of this. You're gonna make people pay for that? Right, And and I'm like, so are you gonna, like, test this on anybody but yourself first? Like, to know that, like, just you touching it is going to be enough? Like, later when we see her... That's true. But even Archie, if that happened, then we wouldn't He still feel the know. effects, though. I like, guess. I'm not He sure. feels the effects, but then he doesn't, like... Well, does he now, because he's forged? Oh, right, because he's literally Iron Man. It's just that she's drinking it with Betty at the end, and I was like, is this the first time anyone but you has drank it? Like, are you straight up murdering Betty Wait, right no, now? no, but Betty would know, because it, it would oh. be an unintended threat. I guess so. I'm cracking all these codes, bitch. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. So, Betty goes to talk to Charles. So, Charles... Says, thanks for letting me stay in your room. And Betty's like, oh, I've been staying at Archie's house, so it's fine. I'm not even staying in this room. Oh, that's why they put him there. Yeah. Logistically. Well, yeah, but also because they don't have a, I mean, Because all the CW is literally going under and they were like, cut your costs. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, oh, by the way, how is Chick? Robin, are you okay? Robin, are you okay? I'm not okay. Okay, tell me why. Because, let me let me finish this scene for you and I'll tell you why I'm married. All right, okay, okay. So, she's like, did you ever get married... And for some reason, I thought, since Alice was uh, an officiant... That what they did in 510 was official, you know? It was them getting Wasn't married. was that a hostage situation? Maybe for Betty and the twins, but, like, Alice was there wanting to do the Oh my god, wedding. I forgot they did that to Alice. For some reason, I thought that that was, like, actually legally binding. But maybe they didn't get to the paperwork, I don't know. Either way, she's like, did you ever get married? And he's like, no, I actually haven't even seen him since then. Because they separated us uh when we got back, so I've actually had zero contact with him. Oh my god, the way I was like, what do you mean you haven't seen him- Duh. Yeah. They went to prison. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he's like, but he's a survivor, unlike me, obviously. So Charles thinks that Chick is alive, but he hasn't even seen him at all. Robin. So we don't know. But you have a chance. We don't your, know if Chick's dead or could be not. Alive. We still don't know though. Because Charles thinks he is. If But did, didn't he get a knife in the chest that's something? I'm gonna let you know on something. This is TV. If he was dead. Charles would have said, oh, yeah, he died in prison, and that would be the end of it. Because they did not say that, and because Betty brought it up, there's a chance. I'm hoping that we see him again soon. I love Chick. I think he's so delightfully creepy. Well, because that actor just eats it up. Yeah. And also, I mean, that's also partially the reason why I love Dr. Curdle Jr. so much, is that he's just, he's so creepy. they are people who know what show they're on. Yeah, and they just go for it. I love it. But okay, so yeah, that does make me feel better. I think the chick is alive and it's very exciting. I do think it's also very funny that they're like, he's dying of like sepsis or leukemia or something. And I'm like, oh what yeah, not it? from the bullet wound that he got. No, everything's fine with the bullet wound. <laughs> he just fully healed from the bullet wound. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why would you ask that? So, um, oh yeah, like I said, they, them bringing chick back up feels like we might get an answer. So I'm really excited about that. They, they, they would not do that. They would have killed him off screen if there was, yeah, if they wanted to. Uh-huh. Um, I think I'm going to keep doing my segment until we see Hart Denton. You have to. Yeah. Robin, this is, this is fodder for your segment. This is proof. They care so much about me. I know. It's so nice that the writers listen to this podcast and then give us what we want and then in turn we insult them. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that you guys are gluttons for punishment. I love you. (laughs) I do love you. We're the only people who understand your show. I know this to be true. So Betty says, so are you afraid of death? And Charles is like, big question. Um, listen, I've made my peace with it, but I have done some really bad things, and clearly, this is my punishment. I'm just gonna say, I don't like the messaging mm. of um his badness manifesting as um a, a disease that anyone could get. Mm. I don't know. I don't like the messaging. I'm I'm sure that's my oversensitive interpretation, mm. but it just made me feel icky. So Cheryl apologizes to Heather that they have to, like, do research and not work on their library or not working on her, like, witch, witch lessons. Um, but Heather found something, and it's about the Malleus Maleficarum. I know that recently we have said that she looks very, like, closed off. Like, all of her hair and her glasses make her look very, like, shielded. Yes. And I think that she's already slightly more open. I hope they keep going with it. Yeah, there's something about her look that still makes me suspicious Mm -hmm. and also really invokes miss grundy so Mm -hmm. i'm trying very hard to figure out what it is yeah so she says the maleficarum is a powerful arcane text and she found a letter that says that there was a feud between a pickens uh, there was a feud because a pickens stole the text from a blossom and cheryl's like that's great this is probably not what archie wanted though and what what it, what, it, what would they have used it for? Magic. This is going to come back later. I mean, it already does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we see it again in the trailer as well. That's right. Cheryl yeah, has yeah. it with Kevin. So she's like, no, it's probably not what Archie wanted. Heather is saying this. But if Percy has it then we really need to go get it back because that's partially probably what's making him so powerful. Yeah. And it's probably at the Curio Shop. It's the way that everyone steals stuff from the Blossoms. Yeah. And she's like, and if we do this, I can also teach you a new spell, and it's uh, turning invisible. So what do you know about turning invisible? And Cheryl says, well, I know that you need an invisibility cloak, and I learned that from Harry Potter and Wizards of Waverly Place. That is... So funny. Imagine me, a person who grew up on Wizards of Waverly Place. Uh Uh-huh, I'm imagining it. Okay. Never did I ever expect to see a reference to Wizards of Waverly Place on Riverdale, but I'm absolutely thrilled. It's because people exactly like you write this show. That is exactly correct. I know. And that's another thing that like reminds me that because of the like weird time jump where they made it like it's seven years, but also it's 2021 or like whatever it was. Oh yeah, that? That, was dumb. that made them all from Gen Z into millennials. Yep. and I'm like, yeah, I can tell you're all millennials because you talk about Wizards of Waverly Place. It's literally <coughs> millennials write this show. Y'all gonna talk like when? When are your when is your musical gonna be High School Musical? If you watch Disney Channel, you know. Oh, as if Disney would ever give them the rights to that. <laughs> Um. So yeah, I just um lost my mind when she said that. I thought that was so no, funny. No, she did. It was very entertaining. So, a lot of this episode made Robin hooten holler. I screamed through half the episode. Yes, she did. I had so much fun. So she's like, you just have to hold your breath and keep a level head and that's how you stay in this bull. But well, also you have to like remember a spell or whatever, but. Why do you have to hold your breath? Who knows? So weird. Uh, it's probably like just so that we can tell because we can always see her. So it's just so that we can tell when she's invisible, when she's not. Fair enough. Yeah. Cheryl gets a knock on the door from Veronica and Veronica says, hi, I want a book on how to distill absinthe and also any wormwood you have in the greenhouse. Um And Cheryl's so rude to her. And I'm like, um, if you want this to be a library, you should probably be kinder to your patronage. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> like, listen, I'm sorry that your your gay hangout got interrupted, but yeah. uh, be nice, please. Yeah. Also, I'm just realizing they had to get rid of Britta because, so that they could bring in Heather. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it was. I'm, f- You know, you trade one gay woman for another gay woman. Cheryl you know, can have more than one friend, though, you know? I mean, where would Nana Rose go? She's just hanging out. Okay. Yeah. You know? And I also wanted to say that I don't think Veronica says, hey, give me all of your- because she keeps coming back and is like, give me all your poisonous stuff, right? I'm sure Veronica is paying Cheryl for that as well. I'm sure. And I was like, what is the point of this scene? Like, Veronica could have just texted and asked for these things, but I was like, mm, then it's not a scene. That is it's not a scene in a TV show. You, you know, don't, you don't need this scene at all. You, yeah. you could have just had Ronnie say that I borrowed this from Cheryl and That's end up. That's true. That is true. But, that you know, true. it's Riverdale, so we got to put everything in there to pad out the episode. That's true. So, um, Percival is mad that Archie is talking to people behind his back. And, oh, this is at Pops. Percival and Archie are sitting... At a booth together. Well, has Percival tried not being such a fake bitch? Right. (laughs) So, Percival wants to work for, wants Archie to work for him to look out for his workers. And I'm like, maybe you should look out for your workers. I mean, is that not your job? Where's your, who's your foreman? Is that not Frank's job? So he's like, "Mm, no. Uh, he's like, I just think it's really nice that you care about my workers and like you would just be there and keeping me honest and I also give you good money. And Archie's like, the fact that you think that I can be bought shows how corrupt and deluded you are. It's just <laughs> so, so good. Funny. <laughs> Like, who's going to win in a fight? One evil wizard or one nice guy with a lot of morals? Honestly, Himbo Archie has grown up and has learned some big words, and it's I love true. him. true. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, well, maybe you'll change your mind. And he says it in such a funny way, he, like, puts up his shoulders and goes, oh, well, maybe you'll change your mind. Maybe you change your mind. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. I was like, what, what accent is Why this, Why did you sir? say it like that? What oh. did say? It was so funny. Archie's like, well, whatever you're actually building... So read. He doesn't say this, but like read the ghost train. Oh, um, Riverdale's not where you should be doing it. Okay, yeah. So Percy's like, okay, <laughs> whatever. I mean, Freak my drag, I yeah. guess. So um, Tony and Fangs' lawyer is here, and I don't think they say her name, so I don't know what her name is. But she, she's asking them questions. They say that they've both been serpents since birth. She says that they have multiple arrests between the two of them. Um, they're mostly misdeme- and misdemeanors, and that's sexy of them. <laughs> and they're mostly misdeme- misdemeanors, but it's quite a lot of them. And Tony's like, "Well, to be fair, almost all of them were when we were minors, though." Yeah. Um. And aren't those records supposed to be sealed because they're juvenile? Right. I don't know. I don't know. Who She's knows like- how the Riverdale justice system works? <laughs> Mary, where is she? Oh yeah. So she's like, well, Kevin's lawyers are going to use all of it against you. And also he wants a paternity test. Have you guys thought about retiring from the serpents? And Fangs is like, no, absolutely not. We will never do that. And Tony says that they're like trying to figure it out because they're wanting to change the serpents to an activist group. And Fangs obviously is like, I still don't want to do that, but okay. It's the way this was an amazing idea. Mm-hmm. It was such a good idea. This was an amazing idea. And I would have really liked to watch it. Yeah. And the lawyer is like, okay, we'll do it fast then. Okay. So we cut to the next scene and Tony and Fangs are talking amongst themselves while the, after the lawyer has left. And they're saying neither of them really like her, but they need her so that they can try and win their case. I think that's funny. She's like, also, have you thought about my proposal when I asked you to marry me? And he says, I've thought about it, but also I want to get married for the right reason. And she's like, is not a good reason... It being a good thing for Anthony and for us, like, being a family. Then he, like, brings up the serpents again. So they're really still butting heads on this serpent thing. Like, I I understand that this is basically an intrinsic part of their personalities and stuff. But the way that it comes off is that he only agrees to marry her later because she did what he wanted. Yeah. I wish that Fangs had been the one to cave because Tony's idea was so good. Yeah, yeah. Turning into an activist group is an absolutely fantastic idea. Aren't they kind of like that already? Yes. Like they just needed to label themselves like that to make it look better. And, and to, to do a lot of good deeds. Yeah. I think that would be really cool. I think so too. So at the Forsyth the Fantastic Babylonian party, Jug is reading a like a Bachelorette party. And the Bachelorette or like the uh the girl who's getting married, the bride to be, um, is he reads that her first date with her fiancé was at the Bijou, she, I guess, counts as willing. Because later, Veronica says, who would like to be read by Forsyth or whatever? Yeah, they volunteered. And then the guy volunteered, right? So these, this counts as his consent that he wanted. So um Reggie's throwing his voice and, like, heckling. And he's fully, like I said, not moving his mouth at all. So this is crazy. It's very cool. And so I was like, so then Percy starts walking up to, like, this door, which is a door to, like, get into Jughead's mind desk, yes. like, where his desk is. And I was like, oh, so the door in the trailer was Jughead's. And it says Jughead across it. And I was like, I thought it was Tabitha in the trailer because there's a picture of Tabitha. So I thought that it was Tabitha. Oh, okay. And then I was like, oh my god, am I an idiot? Like, did the door in the trailer have Jughead written across it? And I just don't know how to read or I didn't notice? So I... I went back, and I was like, no, I'm not stupid. It's when he goes later, and he's, like, dressed as Jughead, and so- Oh, it's blocked out. Yeah, and it's blocked, so I'm like, okay, at least I'm not- (laughs) You're not a total clown, just, like, half a clown. And I also think that was really, really smart for the trailer. Like, it it was so dumb watching it. Percy dressing up as Jughead was so funny and stupid. Yep. But, like, having a person who's dressed as Jughead walk toward this thing- I of course thought it was Jughead, you know? It was really smart for the it, trailer. It was a complete given. Yeah. Um, so it says Jughead on it, private, keep out, and there's a sign that says, this means you, Percival. The way that it's scribbled is very funny. funny. It genuinely says, this means you, Percival, in like, a dude's font. And there's, like, cute little pictures around it. So there's a picture of Tabitha, like I said, and there's a picture of Jughead and Jellybean, and I think a picture of Jughead and Archie, which is really sweet. Yeah, there is a picture Um And then and most Arch. importantly, there is we see a picture of FP. Right? If you care about your dad so much, where is he? Mm, I don't think that's up to Jughead. I think that one's up to uh, FP. I know, but, like, if he cares about... Like, I didn't see Gladys on that door. Well, also, we didn't see every we picture. Didn't see we didn't see every picture. Yeah. But... If I'm hoping that it's a hint that we're gonna get FP back at some point, and I'm also like, if Jughead cares enough about his dad for it to be here, then it feels like FP should be more present. You know, like if 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 FP completely abandoned him for seven years, why would he be on the door? I would hate my dad. No, this is what I'm saying though. Is like I think that this is leading up to us getting FP back. Mm -hmm. I'm going to cry. F.P. was my favorite character. Bro, I know. He was one of mine, too. Yeah. It was literally Alice and F.P. And then, you know. Yeah. Not Alice. Yeah. So Percy tries to get in, uh, but the door is locked. And he can't get in. And he's like, what? I'm so powerful. How am I supposed to not get in? This sucks. I was like, bro, so did you really just think you were going to be able to walk in? Just How walk stupid in. are you? Yeah. It, you know what? It's the cockiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then later he's like, "Well, I guess I'm gonna need to find a way to pry my way in." And he tells Reggie that he needs like a talisman for him, like something that's an essential part of his being. And Reggie remembers, "Oh, well, Jughead was always wearing this beanie, and he never took the beanie off." Uh, but it's in the time capsule. I felt so smart because you remembered that we were watching last night, and I was like, "Well, the beanie's in the time capsule," and he's like, "Ah, oh, it's buried in the time capsule," and I was like, oh, "I know." <laughs> what I said! So Reggie's like, I know exactly where the time capsule is, and I can go get it. So then Percival goes, you will It's like not even echoey, so you can't tell if that's like a demand or not but he's like, you bring me the beanie it, Yeah, it's not charm speak it's just kind of, um An ask? Stupid. <laughs> yeah. And like I said uh, earlier, damn, Reggie's just a, just a lackey again, just a henchman. Mm -hmm. Which kinda sucks. He's like, also bring me other stuff of jugheads, and then that way, when I go back into his mind, his brain isn't gonna go, that's Percival, keep him out. He's gonna be like, oh, I recognize that jacket. (laughs) Come on in. It's a very weak plan, (laughs) I gotta tell ya. He's like, his mind will just think I'm him. Sure! Sure. It's so stupid! So back at the El Royale, we see a boxing match poster, and this is actually um, the director and the first uh, assistant director are on the poster, which is re- a really cute Easter egg. Um, if I was the director of a Riverdale uh, episode, you know I'd put myself in there somewhere. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Be like, I yeah, I directed this stupid show. Yeah. So Archie asks all the workers what happened when they asked to unionize, and of course it was shot down and Archie's like yeah because he doesn't care about you he doesn't see you as people so he's like what happens now we'll set the course for the rest of the people of Riverdale for years to come we want to live in a town where we can live honestly where we can keep a roof over our heads where we can feed our families right and all the the workers basically are like yeah let's do it so Betty goes back to Charles and starts asking him questions she says did you always know that you were like different as a child Betty's basically trying to figure out herself as well exactly um, because they're very similar and he explains that he once found a possum in the attic at the sisters of quiet mercy and he treated it badly it's classic serial killer stuff and he's like sorry i'm a stereotype like i thought it was so funny that the writers were like yeah let's make him just abuse an animal um and just ha- and and he'll call himself out for it so then it won't be as weird yeah he also never says what he did, which is, I like. He's not just like, and then I cut off its tail, and then I threw it in yeah, a stew. Yeah, he doesn't um actually say what he did to it. Yeah. It, the horror is implied. Yes, which honestly I appreciated. So he's like, yeah, it's kind of like when you killed Caramel, and but he was like, no. And also, how does How does he know about that? I don't know. Hal must have told the result. Yeah, either Hal told... Chick? I think Hal was dead before he showed up, I think. Oh, my But I thought it was funny that Betty was like, no, it's not like that. No. Was, I'm a different kind of serial killer. That was a mercy killing. And Charles just goes, okay. <laughs> just all moves right. on. He literally, yeah, he genuinely does just accept it and go, mm, he goes, okay. right. Um So he's like, I think about that possum a lot. <laughs> he's like, I'm always thinking about possums, you know. I stay thinking about possums. <laughs> and um, he's like, I wish I could go back and save that possum. <laughs> and maybe I would have stayed normal like dark Charles would have stayed inside me if I hadn't um, like, broken the seal by killing this possum. I just want to say that I hate you for broken the seal. <laughs> He's like, I uncorked Star Charles. And you know what? That's exactly how it works. If you never do it that one time, mm. it just goes away. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Star so Charles. The... <laughs> do you think he get a wig? Yeah, for sure. Does he he absolutely gay. gets he a, does wig. Get a wig. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I remember season two so freaking fondly i loved season two and every time we talk about that wig all i can remember is that scene where alice and chick were there and then alice found betty's dark betty wig and chick guessed that she wears it when she has sex with jughead and betty was like how do you know that and he was like oh Oh my my god God, i didn't know that that scene was amazing I loved season two, even though we didn't like Archie yet. Oh God, that was I good stuff. I can't believe stuff. that was just season two. I loved season two. I think so fondly of season two. Season two was at least trying, you know? Yeah, so true, so true. The Ugh. snake parent season. The snake parent season. We we deserved more than that. Yeah. So back at the railroad, um, Kevin is showing pictures of baby Anthony to the other workers. Since like, when r- do you care about this child? On his phone, like right in front of Fangs, too. And he's like, ah, yeah, well, here he is. He looks just like his daddy. He's so handsome or whatever. Right in front of Fangs! I'm like, yeah, except that that baby isn't white. Yeah, and Fangs- and you're white. And Fangs obviously gets pissed off about this, right? So he's yeah. just like, um, shut up, Kevin, you're not- And Fangs- And Kevin's like, well, what's your problem? Well, what? You! Um, <laughs> the problem is that you, like, before you were ever charm-spoken, bailed mm-hmm. on the child that you agreed to make. Mm-hmm. Literally, and you're so rude and disrespectful right in front of Fangs' face. Like, he's, well, I'm just realizing now that he was totally provoking him so that yes. he could win the case. Oh, 100%. But, like, oh, God, it was so rude. Like, Kevin's whole thing with this whole, like, Kevin was ruined for me the minute he walked out on Fangs and Tony mm-hmm. when Tony was pregnant. Yeah. I, I can forgive Alice, and I'll forgive Frank, and I'll forgive Tom, because, um, I have to for my sanity. But <laughs> you're like, I, I can hold the grudge against Kevin. <laughs> But I don't know if I'll ever look at Kevin the same way, even if he's like, everything I did wrong was because of this or whatever. But like you said, like you still abandoned your child before Percy even showed up. Yeah. So it's hard. It's hard. You abandoned your child, Betsy, like a season ago. If I was Casey, I'd get the hell out of this show. If I were Casey, I would stick around because easy money. True. You show up to work like two days a week, make money, leave again. Probably Cody Kearsley is like, hey, uh, Casey, would you stay so that I also have a job? Yeah. That'd be great. Thanks. So they're at the curio shop. Heather and Cheryl are going to go in, but Cheryl has, is holding her breath and is invisible. Like it's working. This, this is, is, I love this. It's so it's cool. Kinda cool. It's kind of so cool. I mean, is it giving Sabrina? Of course it is. Yeah. But I, I'll watch it. I like it. And she's in like a sort of Sabrina-esque kind of outfit too. Yeah. I mean, I like, like I like Cheryl more than I ever liked Sabrina. Yeah. Like there was nothing wrong with Sabrina. I just connect to Cheryl more because she's yeah. insane. Yeah. So. And so of course Percival only sees Heather, and Heather's like, "Hello, I'm looking for a present for a friend."
1: Ooh. So Cheryl goes in
0: the back and starts and starts looking, and Percival's like, "Ah, oh, well, would your friend like an ancient Viking battle knife?" Um, what kind of friend do you think I have? And how did he, he was like, "I got this from a collector," and I was like, "Why?" Okay. So then, Cheryl accidentally drops something, accidentally makes a sound, and Heather tries to like stop him from going back and tries to like keep um I'm gonna keep be stalling o- him. I'm gonna be o- honest. Am I okay? Huh? Um, it was a little obvious. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like Heather's just like, oh well, I'm sure it's fine. Can you please keep talking to me? Right? It's like, come on. And we're like, come on, guys. Yeah. Like now, now, if you ever come back in to do something similar, Percy's gonna be like, uh, no, get out. You were here when my thing got stolen. Yeah. Yeah. So Percy tries to go back to see where Cheryl is, but Cheryl has held her breath again, and he still can't see her. I hope there isn't CCTV footage back here, because she just fully let herself be scene while she was back there. He is around. far too old-fashioned to have anything like that. That is true. And he gets super, super close to her, but she's invisible. And this immediately reminded me of that scene in Deathly Hallows Part 1 where Hermione and the Snatcher get super, super close to each other Um, because Hermione has put up all of those shields around their tent. Mm-hmm. And then the Snatcher gets close enough to, like, smell her perfume and she has to hold her breath so that he doesn't, like, hear her or or anything like that. She doesn't give herself away. And yeah. it's like, thank God that Cheryl was already holding her breath. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So Heather from the other room goes, hey, um, <laughs> I'm in a rush. Sorry. Um, Can you come back and help me? And he's like, mm, okay. So he goes back and Cheryl finds the weird book that we saw in the trailer that, like, looks like plastic screaming faces coming out of it. It does look like that. Yeah, creepy. Uh, and that's part one. Nailed it. Yeah. So, before we do part two, we're going to talk about Patreon real quick. Um, it's a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. And like I always say, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash The and we have a couple of really cool perks that you can get if you join. $1 a month gets you access uh, early access to every single one of the podcasts. This one comes out just a day in advance um, but it's worth it when it's a weekly podcast, you know. It's true. Um, And uh, $2 is access to our Discord server. We have been talking all about Stranger Things 4 in our Discord server. I haven't been tweeting hardly anything but I talk a lot about everything <laughs> in, the, in the Discord server. $5 level gets you 10% off at a bunch of different places where Britney sells stuff where I sell stuff and where um, our Lost co-host Casey sells stuff. You can get 10% off of all those places at the $5 level. And my personal favorite is the $10 level, which is our Patreon-only podcast, OK Love You Hi, which is um, where we talk for about 45 minutes every two weeks about just topics that you guys want to hear about and that we want to talk about. Yeah. So, yeah. We basically just do whatever we want. Yeah, and it's right. fun. Mm-hmm. If you can't do any of those things, just recommend us to a friend. That would be awesome. Uh, it's free and it helps. Alright, so Brittany did the second half. Yes, I did. So... Veronica comes to the conclusion, conclusion, Conclusion. I'm leaving that, that she can leach poison out of wormwood. Yeah, She is a human dialysis machine and she can metabolize any poison that is produced by something else or herself. I really thought that it had to go into her body before it could be metabolized. I also thought that. But I guess not. I think that, like, I mean, theory that probably won't come to, to fruition at all, that it turns out to have, like, really bad consequences because she didn't do it enough. You know, like it didn't, like the poison wasn't leached out enough by her just touching it. Like I wonder if people are going to start keeling over. That could be interesting. Like maybe like a week later or something. I mean, because it's not a power. It's a curse. Yeah. But however, I have thoughts about that later. Okay. Betty and Archie talk about how Betty thinks that looking at Charles is like looking into a mirror. And that Drake has a theory about how moral corruption leads to bodily corruption. Basically... He caused his own cancer. She thinks that his evil is what poisoning him, and Betty is afraid that she has the same darkness, but she never acted on it. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's why she's okay. Fine. She sees. (laughs) I'm sorry. This is so funny. She sees Alice across from Archie's window trying to suffocate Charles with a pillow, and takes off out of the room. Did you know that that's how Desdemona died, (laughs) fellow? Every time Robin is near a pillow near me, she threatens me with that exact joke. (laughs) Yeah. It's not a joke, just a fact. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Instead of going immediately to that scene, we instead get a Tony and Fang scene. Mm Mm-hmm. Not weird at all. Tony basically yells at Fangs for picking a fight with Kevin. If Fangs had actually landed a punch on Kevin, he would be in jail and the whole case would be completely out the window. And that he needs to think about their family next time he decides to let his ego get in the way. It's weird, but then, but then Tony does hit Kevin. And I mean, are there going to be consequences? It's very strange. Yeah. Uh, I feel like maybe. I I liked how he's like, oh, you're taking Kevin's side. And I'm like, in what world is she taking how Kevin's side? How is that taking Kevin's side? I really like how she said, no, I'm not taking Kevin's side. I'm taking Anthony's side. Exactly. And you should too. Yeah. And she was 100% right for that. Yeah. Now we go back to Betty and Alice. Yes. So Alice says that Charles is in pain. This is really the only humane way to do this. Charles requested that she put him out of his misery. However, is that even true? Because she was just like, well, he wanted this. He wanted this. That's why he came back here. I'm like, so did he tell you that he wanted that? I think that's the implication. I don't know because he says, no, I'm really scared. Because later when she's like, are you okay? Do you want us to even try to save you? He's just like, I'm really scared of dying. I'm really scared that I'm going to go to hell because I'm a bad person and I did bad things. I think that she thinks because he like asked to come back here or whatever. She's like, oh, he must want me to murder him. I did not get that vibe. I just didn't get the vibe from Charles that he wanted. It. Like, when she takes the pillow off, he's like, ah! Fair enough. You know? We might have to, I guess, not agree to disagree. Yeah, but I guess... But I don't know. We just have different interpretations. Yeah, I guess. Fair I enough. I mean, obviously, I don't want that for Alice being like, I want... I thought my son wanted me to murder him, so I tried. Okay, but, like, why is that you literally, know. that's just the plot. Yeah, but she's like, she's like, Betty, why did you stop me? And Betty's like, what, mom? Why um, did I stop you from murdering someone? Yeah. Gee, I wonder. Betty tells Alice that even though Alice may think it's the right thing to do, she will regret it. Mm-hmm. And that whatever they do, it won't be a mercy kill because there's been enough murder in their house already. Right, I mean, she's right. Uh, She will regret this for the rest of her life. 100%. 100%. And um, he, she's like, well, what do we do? Just let him suffer? And she's like, I, I don't know what we do, but it's not this. It's not, it's not murder him. Yeah, that's not what we do. I'm we- going to say before we get to, like, the rest of the Betty stuff this episode, that, um, you know, in the past few episodes, I've said, like, I really don't like Betty this episode. They're writing Betty in a really crappy way. And she's, like, really mean and really, you know, uh, she was bothering me a lot. And this episode because there's no character continuity you see. Betty is so likable this episode. Yeah. She says all the right things, Betty's you know. Back to being the Betty yeah. that she's been for the last few seasons instead of like I need to solve more things about my past. And I'm like, we've done this storyline already. And that's why it's disappointing when she's so crappy, is that I'm just like, that's not my friend. And then when she comes back like this, I'm just like, I want to give her a big hug. And I'm like, that's my girl! It's because the writers don't know what to do with Betty so yeah. much of the time. It's mm-hmm. so sad. Yeah. If I were Betty, I would be so mad at my surroundings 100% of the yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. So Cheryl and Heather return to Thornhill. Heather comes to a collection of letters that might require further scrutiny. Mm-hmm. That's the whole scene. She's real pumped to have this book now and I'm like, I hope this doesn't go to her head, you know? I mean, it's probably good. Yeah. And, I, and so Cheryl's like, this is cute, but can we, like, find something for Archie? And she's like, okay, yeah, here are some more letters I found. And Heather seems kind of sad. Well, I think because she wants to talk about things that have to do with Cheryl and mm. not things that have to do with, like, the people around Cheryl. She's just interested in Cheryl. I don't know if the writers did this on purpose, but I kind of. I've got a little bit of a weird taste in my mouth when Cheryl was like, "Okay, but we still need to find things for Archie." And then and then Heather was like, "Oh yeah, look at these letters." And I'm like, "So did you find those a couple days ago, and you just decided not to say anything, or this? this I don't know if why, that was purposeful. No, but, this is why I'm suspicious as well. Yeah, it just something isn't right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Something is not wrong." Right. Something's amiss around here. Reggie gives Percival all of the stuff that he requested, which includes a photo of Jughead with Jellybean, mm-hmm. a copy of his book, The Outcast. His beanie and his serpent jacket. Yeah. How do we feel about this? There are some newspapers there too. It looks like um of the Riverdale choice. And it looks like it's maybe like the first edition of like the newspaper that he worked so hard on. Yeah. So it's like another thing that he cares about. Um, And he also says that, Reggie, did you leave everything undisturbed? Which was an interesting thing that like, oh, is somebody going to go back? Like, I wonder if Jughead's going to go back and see if it was, you know, or else I- it was just a throwaway line. That's I- possible. Yeah. Um, I really liked... You know, them laying Jughead's life out in front of them was really, really cool. But then later when he put on the costume, I I laughed so hard. It was so funny. It went from that to (laughs) something deeply goofy in two seconds flat. It was great. I loved it. This is episode is peak Riverdale. It's true. It's high camp and it's funny and it's stupid, but also it's good. That's that's exactly right. Sometimes it's high camp and it's funny and it's stupid, but it's bad. But it's bad. But this episode is good. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> you stay correct about that. So Kevin and Moose have dinner and they are talking about baby Anthony. Kevin says that none of them know who Anthony's biological father is because they did indeed donate instead of, you know, someone sleeping mm-hmm. with Tony and Tony just seeing what happened. Baby Anthony is sort of, I would say a test tube baby, but I don't think that's... I don't even know what the <laughs> um, definition of that is. She was artificially inseminated yeah. is the long and the short of it. It was so much less expensive for Fangs and Tony to just bang, but... Okay, it's true, but of course Kevin was never gonna bang Tony because I think he's he's not bi. Yeah, they did it that way. Sorry. What if um because they're they're all pretty um poor. Uh huh. So turkey baster, turkey. That's also possible. So Kevin and Fangs both. (laughs) I don't want to hear what you're about to say. Jizz into (laughs) one into one cup and then they swirl it around and put it in the turkey baster. I don't think that's how that works. I don't think you can do two at the same time. Why not? I just feel like that's not right. How is it not right? I don't know. I just feel like that's not how works. And then that it's works. it's it's roulette. I'm It's random. St- Who knows which one's gonna go in there? Stop! Am I wrong? I mean, I don't think so, but I hate you for it. I feel like you can't mix it. Why not? I don't know. I just feel like scientifically that wouldn't work. You think two like two different semen, if you put them together, then it kills all the sperm inside? Oh no, maybe not. Oh right, no. No, I, I think that's I'm what happened. I'm so happens. uncomfortable by this. That year, uh, that, well, we had the we had the head that that um, Fangs just slept with Tony, right? And that yeah. that has now been proven false. And so now my new head <laughs> is this because I don't. I think, hate you. I'm sorry. I don't think they went to a clinic. I just don't think they did. I, I think don't you're see probably, that for them. I think you're probably right. I don't see that for them. I think that they did it themselves, and I think it makes. <laughs> Makes sense that that Fangs is the one who got it in. I, I think you're right. And I'm upset about it, to be honest with you. I can say these things. I'm asexual. You can say these things. I'm allowed. Things. You have a license. Yeah. Yeah. Or lack thereof. Anyway, they did this because they didn't want Kevin or Fangs to feel like less of a father. Yeah. <laughs> Moose wants to know why Kevin wants to basically ruin everything around him. Oh my god, team Moose. Uh, yeah, Moose, thank you for saying that because I also would like to know that. Moose thinks that he's doing it because he's afraid that he's not, that Kevin isn't Anthony's father. I'm so team Moose for this. I love that he's just like, oh, why are you even doing this? He says, uh, like, I wrote down, Moose wants to understand why he's willing to destroy his important relationships for this. I, and I would also like to know that. Moose. Moose is saying it in a really nice way. Like, if I was Kevin and I truly believed that what I was doing was right and Moose said this to me, I'd be like, I'd be mad at Moose, you know? I, yeah, I kind of, like, I appreciate that Moose is here. I couldn't tell you why Moose is here. Yeah. It's so that they can humanize Kevin, but it's not freaking working. It's not working because mostly I'm just like, Moose, you deserve better. Yeah, Moose deserves better. Yeah. Honestly, Moose has just had trauma after trauma after trauma. You're right. Moose does deserve better. Thank you. Even then, like, when he finally got away from the trauma, he went to Stonewall, and then Brett and co. were gonna, like, murder him. Yeah, and so he had to leave. And then he had to join, what, the friggin' military or something? Yeah. I don't know. And God knows that wasn't a walk in the park. And now he's like, now I'm a gym teacher. (laughs) Please save Moose from this. He should be in another He's been through so many different eras. Yeah. Archie gets a call from Percival, because Percival's like, hey, have you reconsidered my offer? Archie's like, no, no. So Percival's like, oh, yeah, someone on my crew lost a foot. And if you don't. And if you back had done off, something ahead of time, then they wouldn't have lost. Yeah. A foot. So it's actually on you that that happened. So maybe back off or more people are going to lose their feet. I think it's really. What I'm pretty. More people. or I'm going to keep stealing feet. Okay, But like, <laughs> that's basically what happened. I'm going to keep collecting feet. If you don't keep if you don't help Archie. Um, are you going to look at me and tell me that I'm wrong? <laughs> no, absolutely not. I just think it's funny. And I think this scene, and I don't totally recall, but I think this scene is the one where he calls him on his home phone. I think it's funny how Percival will call him on his home phone and also his cell phone and just knows which one he's going to pick up. I'm like, what the hell is a home phone at this point? A landline. A landline Mm in 2022? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, Percival's like, well, bad things have happened and now they're going to keep happening. Hopefully that doesn't keep happening. I don't know. So. Isn't that crazy? Okay, bye Archie. (laughs) I'm like... Oh, all right, dummy. Mm -hmm. He is what I would call a little douchebag. I would even be so brave as to call him a big douchebag. I think you're right. I'm going to keep stealing feet. Foot bandit. He's a foot bandit. Mm -hmm. No, he's just, he, listen, he's really pissed that no one will put foot content for free on the internet anymore. Yeah, he's like, all right, it's going to have. to me I'm going to have to make it myself then. Mm -hmm. Only fans, but they're all severed feet. Oh my God. (laughs) Foul's foot (laughs) stop anyway in a teeny tiny scene Betty thinks she knows how to help Charles yeah and Alice is like how you gonna do that Betty it's terminal and Betty's like maybe not mom it's um hilarious in the delivery the performance yeah Okay. Sure. So Cheryl is still looking up the ghost train. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want yeah. everyone to know that they ve- very seriously say ghost train on this show. But in the meantime, she actually came up with some stuff that would help Archie on about great uncle Brayden Blossom. Brayden. Brayden. And Percival's great grandfather, Paxton Pickens. Yeah, those are great that grandfather help. names. And I'm like, okay, but it was that Paxton Pickens or was that just still Percival? Ooh. Like that's what I'm assuming at this point is Percival is immortal because he's a demon. Right. What do you think? Yeah. No, I think that's that's just as good. I mean, because we are we supposed to think that Augustus Pickens and Percival Pickens are the same person? I don't think so, right? I think they are. Because Percival has like an English accent and Augustus was like American. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, I didn't think about that. Ah, crap. Okay. So anyway, we're still trying to figure out what happens with the pickets. But I like that theory that that it's just Percival who wrote that in the first place. Because it's weird later. I think that's true. Well, it's weird later when they're just like, his great-grandfather wrote that? We hate him now. Like, Dave had put in the Discord recently, he was just like, my great-grandfather became a clown, but I'm not a clown. Oh my god! Dave, (laughs) your great-grandfather became a clown? Or something. Hold on. Let me see what he said. Absolutely. Yeah, he said, My great grandfather, after his father was murdered, ran off and joined the circus. Doesn't make me a clown. Oh my god. Then he said, I'm a clown for other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> good points. Good points. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Does he have the nose? I do. Oh, yeah. I went to theater school and I did a clowning workshop. It's true. You did. It's not here in Vancouver, but I'm pretty sure I have it at home. What a theater life. Writer. What a life. Yeah. So Jughead and Veronica continue their mind-reading shtick. Reggie calls Percival and says, hey, Jughead's doing it. Now's a good time to go into his head. Mm-hmm. So Percival puts on his Jughead cosplay. That's he- mine. <laughs> it's so cringe. He has the beanie. He has the jacket. Me. he got the Riverdale Choice newspaper. Okay, I don't have that. <laughs> And then he recites a spell and walks into Jughead's brain. Mm-hmm. And the door is unlocked, I guess, because Jughead's brain is like, oh, you look oh, like Jughead. Oh, that's Jughead. Jughead. <laughs> okay, but Jughead doesn't wear that in his own brain. No. Just so we're clear. Yeah. Okay, so also I like um, that she's, like I said before, she's, like Veronica's asking who wants to participate, so the Jughead's getting the consent that he wanted Ooh. from each person, so I thought that was really nice. But him dressed up as Jughead is one of the funniest things this show has ever done. 100%. Yeah. And then he just jams the door jar with a Riverdale Choice newspaper. Yeah. Okay, that's that's that was his evil plan. Yeah. So Jughead freaks out because all of a sudden he can hear everyone's thoughts all at the same time. The door is stuck open, mm-hmm. which means I guess he has no control over his own powers. Yeah, he can't so, single any single voice out. Exactly. So he's just hearing all of them at the same time. So he bounces. He he mm-hmm. quite literally runs off stage. I feel bad that Veronica's like left to pick up the pieces uh with the crou- with the, the crowd. Yeah, Ronnie's like um yeah I don't know what just happened um bye (laughs) bye sorry uh you'll be reimbursed I guess exactly so she goes back to check on Jughead and Jughead says that he feels like he was hit by a tidal wave (laughs) because he can hear everyone's thoughts at once and he can't shut them out Veronica says they should cancel the rest of their show so Jughead can rest I'm not entirely sure what the point of this scene was I thought it was very very kind of Veronica to be like it's okay we're gonna I mean I also think that it was freeing up Veronica to go help Charles oh as well um but I thought it was really nice of her to be like oh it's okay we'll just cancel all our shows like veronica who is so moved by money that's a good point is willing to be like for jughead's health i don't mind okay maybe maybe you've made a point there i also like i really love seeing them work together because veronica and jughead are together so infrequently so i yeah i really like this storyline they're like finally developing a friendship after six years yeah sorry even more years like like 10 years It turns out that Britta was babysitting baby Anthony. Love to see Britta. (laughs) She looks so cute. She's got little space Mm -hmm. buns on. It's very sweet. On short notice, too, she said. Exactly. So nice. Tony comes in and thanks her for babysitting on short notice. Mm -hmm. And Britta says, hey, he was really great. The only thing is, I can't find his pacifier. It went missing after Kevin was here. Mm Mm-hmm. And Tony's like, say what? Yeah. Apparently Kevin came over because he always comes over to see the baby. Mm-hmm. No, he does not. No. No, he does not. Now the pacifier is missing. What could he need the pacifier for? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah, she Yeah, she said Mr. Keller, which makes sense because Kevin is a teacher at her school. Yeah. So it makes sense that she would say Mr. Keller. And then um, Tony says, oh, Kevin. And she says, yes. But like, I completely missed that part. So then later when Kevin's like, what? I wasn't there. I was like. Was Tom Keller there playing with a baby? Oh, my God. Which is not true. But also, I feel like if that were true, she would have said Sheriff Keller. That would have been really cute. But, but yeah, I was like, that's nice. I'll be like, oh, he just goes to hang out with his grandbaby, even if he doesn't know if it's his grandbaby. I also think it's really nice that Tony doesn't blame Britta at all. Like, she's like, no. it's totally okay, Britta, go home. And Like, this is, this is my problem. It's not yours. And also, like, there would be no reason for her to warn... Britta of any of this. Britta doesn't need to be involved and she would never assume that Kevin would pull crap like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Jughead goes to Pops, but he is still overwhelmed by everyone and leaves. Yeah. I, my favorite part is that all he can do is hear Tabitha thinking, do, going over her to-do, her to-do list in her brain. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this. Yeah, it was cute. And then there was another guy who was eating a burger that said, best cheeseburgers in town. And I was like, oh. It's very sweet. <laughs> I want a Pop's cheeseburger. I also want a Pop's cheeseburger. It's only 25 cents. Oh, so cheap. I, I thought know. it was 49. Oh, no, that was nineteen. 49, 49. was the year that yeah. it happened, yeah. So Betty decides to hit up Agent Veronica. Agent Veronica. Agent <laughs> Whoa, Shout out <laughs> Whoa. Next Next season? She decides to hit up Veronica and Agent Drake for help curing Charles. Uh-huh. Really nice. So Agent Drake explains that they're going to do an experimental medical procedure that will save his life and that Veronica is going to do it by hooking Charles up to Veronica, like blood dialysis yep. and detoxify him. And Charles is like, huh? And Veronica's like, yeah, it's one of my special skills. And Charles does not even question it. He's just like, okay. <laughs> Betty asks, are you, you know, the question is, are you sure you want to live? Like, is that something you want to do? And he's like, actually, I'm mad scared of dying. So yeah, uh, yeah let's do this. I can't help but relate. I, I really I love it. Charles. And for for my own selfish reasons, but like, I'm so happy he doesn't die. I would hate to lose Charles. Yeah. Just in the back of my mind, knowing that he's there. He's also like, you know, I, I, I also That's love him. man. Well, I also <laughs> love him because he's the product of like, the such, an, such a good ship. And ship. like, oh, back when they were like in love in high school, like, hello. Anyway – but like, I mean, she's right. I have a headcanon that Drake and um, Charles already knew each other because they were both agents at the same time. <gasps> he doesn't act like they know each other, but that's my headcanon. Yeah, but she was an ATF agent. Yeah, that's true. So she wasn't FBI adjacent until she got mm. put into the X-Files. Okay. so Which, by the way, I don't think they cross over agencies like that. No. You train to be an FBI agent, you stay in the FBI. Probably. Um, I also thought it was funny that they were like, it's an experimental medical procedure, Charles. And Charles is like, Betty, I'm literally dying. Can, do I? Can I not be on your like your medical trials right now like <laughs> seriously and she's like no no i'm helping you no no trust me you're gonna want to try this mm-hmm. so do you think that this matters if they had the same blood type no because no. i think veronica's body do- just takes that into account oh i see and then it just puts the right blood type back into him i guess oh my god i didn't think about that part yeah well i guess if the I'm not going to think about this too much because That's if okay. I do, it'll stop making sense. Yeah. I also wanted to say that, you know, in the part where he's saying like, actually, please try because I'm really scared of dying and I'm scared of where I'll go. Wyatt is so good. Why does he have to be evil? I wish he could stick around. They, I wanted to keep him forever. He very clearly loves being on Riverdale too. Mm-hmm. It's very cute. I just remember last time we saw him in that last musical episode. It was so good. Did we see him in the last musical episode? Hmm? What was he in the- Next to normal. Oh, And he just showed up in a vision. And he was the Charles. Anyway, I was like, oh, please stand the Charles from my Disney World fan fiction. Because that was the Charles. I said this in the podcast for that one. But like when he was like all happy and like in a football jacket, I was like, that's him. That's the Charles in my mind. That's the Charles that you wrote. That's the Charles that I made up. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's cute, bird. So Tony goes to the five seasons and beats the crap out of Kevin. This is five seasons? Yeah. I thought it was just his apartment. Is, that, think, is it in the five I think se- it's a place at the five seasons. According to the Riverdale it? wiki, it's the five seasons. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, shout out Kevin for living in the five seasons. Jeez, he must be- Percival's a, paying for he it. He must need a lot of help from Percival. Yeah. It's supposed to be a permanent residence. Again, this is just what the wiki says. It all right. It could be wrong. Okay. The long and the short of it is that Tony beats the crap out of Kevin to get the pacifier back mm-hmm. and threatens him within an inch of his life and Moose just sits there like- I'm just going to let this happen. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was so funny that Moose, Moose stood up and was like, hey. And she's just like, sit down. And Moose is like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I got yes, this, ma'am. Yeah, I am not getting involved in this. Go ahead, with, bestie. And he sits back down. He sits his ass down. It is very funny. Yeah. Tony tells Kevin that he will never be Anthony's father and gets the pacifier back. She tells him to stay away or she will throw him off the balcony. Yeah. Because yeah. he was stealing... His DNA, the baby's DNA to, get, it to get the paternity test, which is straight up illegal. Like that's if the if Tony's lawyer found out about that, could they use that against Kevin? I'm not sure um, because I don't know if they'd be able to prove it. Mm. And also like Kevin was ostensibly visiting his son. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm not a lawyer. But she, did Did you say, uh, I can't remember if you said, but like, she's like, if you come in within 10 feet of my baby, you're dead. Yeah, I'll throw you off the balcony. I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Jeez. I think it's so funny I that he's it. like, he's like, I don't know. I don't know where it is. I don't know. And then she's just like, tell me I'm, or I'm not leaving. And he's, and he's just like, okay. And he just gives up and he, just tells her where it is. Because I think he knows Tony paired with brass knuckles, Mm. his life is about to be over. Yeah. And may I just say, Vanessa's hair in this episode, and I, I, whatever wig they have her in, stunning. Beautiful. Stunning. Obsessed. One of Tony's best looks of all time. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, and part of me after this, I was like, oh, this feels a little bit hypocritical, especially after what she said to Fangs. I see how she sees this situation as different, though. Oh, so do I. Because Fangs was fighting Kevin because of things that Fangs was just... Or things that Kevin was saying and how Kevin was being, like, annoying or whatever. But, like, Tony says in the next scene with them, like, he took steps toward, like... Like bad things in which he was like actually going like to a baby Anthony and like he was an active threat. Yeah. He came into their home. Like it's different to taunt someone at a shared workplace, it's different to invade their home. Yeah. And take things. Yeah. Yeah. And I just lastly wanted to say like it's classic this show because they're playing another Imagine Dragons song. Do they just have like a license at this point for all of those songs? Probably. The whole CW does. Can I say something? I mean, I guess it's your podcast. So every Saturday, (laughs) I go and teach drama to a bunch of uh, children. Uh, in between the ages of 6 and 11. Okay. And on breaks, I let each of the kids pick a song that I play on my phone. And uh, after the songs are over, then uh, we get, get back to work. Okay. Um. So if there are four kids there, then I play four songs. If there are ten kids there, I probably won't play ten songs, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. And when I tell you 70% of them are Imagine Dragons songs, these kids what? love Imagine Dragons. How interesting. It's just like, wait. I loved Imagine Dragons when I was in like high school and college. And now they're, they're obsessed with like another era of Imagine Dragons. That is fascinating. Yeah. They love Imagine Dragons. Like, right. like this song that they played in this one, I had never heard of until literally on Saturday when a kid was like, can you play the new Imagine Dragons song? Then you were like, there's a new Imagine Dragons song. And I was like, okay. And then, um, I looked on the wiki and it was like, this is the song. I was like, I listened to that song on Saturday. All right. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Jughead has locked himself inside he and Tabitha's apartment because he cannot escape the voices. He actually genuinely starts to go insane. He starts pacing and he feels like a head is about to explode. So I guess he's just hearing the other people in their building. He can hear everything. Yeah. Like he can't escape any voice at all. Mm -hmm. So Archie and Tabitha heard about what happened to Sal. The guy who lost his foot. Yeah, apparently it was Sal. They offer to help with medical expenses and they kind of make this like cheeky little point. They're like, So has Percival even checked in on any of you yet? And everyone's like, No, he hasn't. I know they're all just like what makes you think he would have. Yes, they're like, we asked him if Percival had called to see how he and his not foot were doing, and he said no. And everyone's like, rabble, rabble, rabble! What okay. All of you left a job with Archie, who would have done that, Mm -hmm. to work for a guy that you knew would not do that. What were you expecting, you idiots? Literally, Sam was uh, electrocuted by a jukebox last episode, and Archie and Tabitha were there at the hospital. Yeah, so, I don't know. I'm certainly not going to begrudge anyone wanting more money, but y'all are a little bit stupid for this. Just gonna say it. Archie tells everyone that Percival is just a super bad person and hey, look what he wrote. Look what his great-grandfather wrote. We're gonna allow this letter to speak for him- for his great-grandson, I guess. I guess. So this is a letter that his great-grandfather wrote about the miners voting to strike in 1949. Uh Do do you want to talk about- what the letter says. Sure, yeah. So yeah. he basically calls the workers, I don't even know who he's sending this letter to. Um, I would assume this is almost like a letter to the editor. Sure. And he's basically calling them ingrates, uh, saying that they're demanding respect and dignity and saying that that's like unreasonable yeah. for some reason. Uh, he says that there's more value in the mules that are like moving things for them than in these men and that they must break them and remind them of their place beneath our heels. Uh, unfortunately, this is how Republicans sound. Mm. And he's like, and everyone's pissed off even though it was his ancestor and not him, which kind kind of feels weird. But. Yeah, I am going to... Uh, and I did say, listen, I hate Percival, but it is weird to be like, this is what Percival's ancestor said. This is why he's a bad person. I'm like, no, he's a bad person for all the reasons Archie just listed before this. Well, also, like, you know, we've already had this this season where Abigail was like, I'm killing Archie, Jughead, and Betty for things that their ancestors did, you know? And that that also kind of felt... Stupid. Like I said, unreasonable. Yeah. You know, it didn't, didn't really make any sense. However, Percival has recently, at the beginning of around this season... He said, "Like my great ancestor, and here is the statue that I that's want to put true. up about them." So that's why I think this is different. He does deify his ancestor mm-hmm. quite a bit. Yeah, which okay, sure, but uh, yeah, what a, what an idiot mm-hmm. overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, both he and his great grandfather. Yeah, Archie calls Percival a tyrant and says, "Hey, guys." Maybe if you unite, you can figure out what to do together. He's like, hey, what I have been saying all episode, maybe you should finally do it. Like now that somebody's lost their foot, maybe in like some kind of I don't know, a... like a union. union? Maybe I don't, I, don't I don't know. That might sound crazy. Uh, never mind. It was a stupid idea. Uh, it's, it's silly. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about something else. So For forget I, I forget I said that. Oh my god, I'm no, so embarrassed. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> Back at Thornhill, Cheryl finally fills Heather in that the library is basically a ruse to get Heather to spend more time at Thornhill with Cheryl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Cheryl says, listen, you, you can leave if you want to. But Heather's like, I think I'm going to stay. And yeah. I'm like, "Is because you're into her. Yeah. But I'm also suspicious of you. So let's see what happens here. And I'm also really proud of Cheryl for being honest I thought that was really nice that Cheryl wasn't like, ah, yes, let's keep working on this library. That's kind of new for Cheryl to actually be honest about something. It was mature, I thought. The, the, The bar is on the floor, but I do appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't like the scene, but whatever. So Mm. Fangs comes home to Tony and finds out that, yeah, she basically beat the crap out of Kevin. Yeah. She's, like, icing her fists like Archie did. Yeah, she's, like, she's got the brass knuckles on the mm. table and the serpent jacket and Fangs is, like, kind of into it Yeah, because she got to a fight. And she's kind of, like, thinking to herself, so she's had, like, a lot of time to just, like, think about what she done. Exactly. And Tony tells him that the serpents won't be rebranding. Even though it was a really good idea. Denying who they are is a sign of weakness. Mm. I'm like, but what are... Are the serpents. If not, people who work together to do good things. Like, you need to define what the serpents are then, Mm -hmm. because I don't know what- what they're supposed to be at this point in the Riverdale timeline. And also, how is this going to help your case with the judge? It won't. Yeah. Yeah. She says that Kevin and his team will sink to any level to mess with their family. I mean, yeah, so I guess she's basically saying, let's get in the mud and fight with the pigs. Yeah, which she said that they would do. And fair enough. She thinks that they need to induct baby Anthony into the serpents and that as his father, Fangs should choose his serpent name. Okay. So first of all, inducting the baby into the serpents. For some reason, I thought it was like citizenship and so, if both your parents are serpents, you're already one at birth. You know okay, what I mean? I also thought that. I was like, I don't think he needs to be inducted. He was born into the serpent. Yeah. Like, so, that's what I thought. Doesn't he already have all of the rights that he needs? And also, we've never heard about people, like, we've never heard the phrase serpent name before. We have seen people have what I assume are serpent <laughs> names. Yes, names. And and people who have regular names underneath, like for example, Tall Boy was named Gerald Petit, which was funny because Petit oh, yeah. means small, and his name was tall. Um, Nothing you know, better than one I assume, of those and, and also like Hog Guy. Yes, um, I, I I believe Fangs is Fangs's real name, but maybe but Sweet Pea was was likely a serpent name. Oh, for sure. So they, we, we, It's new canon that they've never established, but which yeah. makes sense, I guess. It, it completely goes into the canon that they've already had. They've just never talked about it as a concept before, you know? Before now, it wasn't a serpent name, it was a nickname, you know? Yeah, and I think it's really funny yeah. that I'm they like, were just right. kind of like, yeah, this far into the show, oh yeah, all of those names were just serpent names. Yeah, okay. But not okay. everyone gets one. Like, Jughead's just hanging out. FP just goes by FP. Like, if anybody's gonna have a serpent name, would the Serpent King not? I mean, you'd think. Yeah. I don't know. What it is- was Alice's serpent name? Milf. As a teen? All right, good point. All right, <laughs> okay. whatever. Cameron goes to Percival and says that he oh, messed up. Or what Fang says yes. Oh, right, and then Fang says yes to Tony's proposal. And they are so cute. They are very cute. I don't like that he only said yes after she basically yeah. gave in to all of the things that he wanted, but mm-hmm. they're so cute that I'm just gonna ignore it because it's Riverdale. You I know, think that, I think that Vanessa's work with Drew this season is some of her best work on Riverdale. She seems really happy to be doing this. She seems really happy, and everything she's doing is extremely genuine. I'm really happy about the Fangs and story and and Tony stuff, even though obviously we have that one complaint. I'm also happy about it because I think that her being trapped in that weird storyline, like obviously she and Mads are like best friends and stuff. Yeah. But that storyline was so weird. It and was so toxic. stupid. And I'm glad that they moved on from it. Me too. I'm like, sorry to the Shonies who that was like your favorite thing in the entire world, but you have to admit that uh, it wasn't necessarily healthy for listen, either party. as a Shoni, I also think it was messed up yeah. if that helps at all. Mm-hmm. So, just yeah. saying. Kevin says sorry to Percival for messing up their plan because, uh, Tony beat the crap out of him and took the pacifier. Yeah. Percival kind of just, like, is like, eh, it's fine because I already knew that you weren't baby Anthony's father. Do you think that's true? What? Yes, I think that's true. You do? Yes. That he just, like, he's like, well, I just know things, Kevin. I I think he had the DNA tested at some other point. Okay. When, you know, like, when he kidnapped baby Anthony. For some reason I kept... Oh, yeah, he did kidnap baby Anthony. Yeah. I guess for some reason I kept thinking, like, what is your goal here? You know, I kept thinking there was some ulterior motive for him to tell that to Kevin, to, like, get Kevin to... To, like, break Kevin or something? To break him or, like, to make him more. But I feel like if you tell him he's actually not your baby, then that would, like, make him not try as hard. I think it severs the emotional connection, Mm -hmm. but it might motivate... And, like, why did I he make him know. go through all of that stuff yeah, if he already the knew point? the answer? Like, so that they could get the paternity test done legally and so that, like, he could use it in court, maybe? Yeah, now I'm sitting here like, what was the point of it? Yeah. But anyway, apparently it's Fangs, which I am extremely happy about. But yeah, it's, like, it's we've been new, but it's nice to hear. Yeah. And I like that when he says that, Kevin looks back at Moose because Moose had just called him out for, like, that being his big fear that he wasn't the father. And now, oop, there it is. Yeah. I would feel sorry for Kevin, except that I don't. <laughs> sorry however percival is extremely threatened by this baby because he says the baby <laughs> is the future he's like i am the future but also this random baby is he the says future. this baby is the future which is too bad He goes, so am i and there can only be one i will fight this baby i will fight this baby in the sky What? I will lift this baby into the sky and I'll punch the baby. Literally, it it makes no sense. This is the first time that Percival has said, "Hey, this baby is a threat to me." But um, I'm gonna buy it because I mean, he did. I guess he did kidnap the baby. It's very Hades versus Hercules in the in the Disney in the Disney movie. It's very Voldemort versus versus Harry Potter. I was literally gonna say it's Voldemort trying to kill a baby. Yeah, (laughs) dork. Anyone who's threatened by a baby makes me laugh. I'm like, it's a baby. There can only that's be one. I will idiots. fight the baby. Oh, I thought it was so funny. Yeah. This is, um, a comedy show. Shut up. Point. I mean, that's another reason why, like, I, I obviously hate Percival, but I think Chris O'Shea is doing such a good job of, like, knowing wh- what he's doing and what show he's on and just. He is going having the time it. of his life. You can tell. Yeah. yeah he's, yeah. he's, he gives menacing. <laughs> just such a good look Mm -hmm. i also like i can point out multiple times in which i've been like "Mm, that's some genuinely good acting from chris o'shea oh yeah yeah like like i can see every single choice that he makes um when there's like a change in a scene or whatever you can see it in his eyes he's he's very talented yes he's he's a very good actor Mm. i completely agree yeah so i guess charles doesn't have cancer anymore (laughs) is leukemia leukemia is cancer right yes okay okay so he says hey thank veronica for me and Buddy's like, okay, like here's the thing. When I first heard you had that, I kind of suspected that Veronica that was help. gonna be possible, but I wanted to find out if you were worth saving. Yeah, <laughs> and Charles kind of like, mm, that's fair. That's that's totally fair because she says by saving him, she will not give up on herself. Yeah, moving out to Veronica really quickly. This is why I really love this for Veronica. Because Veronica has changed it from a curse into a blessing. A gift. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is awesome for Veronica because now, now not only does she have the ability to like kill and poison and all these bad things or whatever, but she also saves and heals people. Yeah. And I, that's why I'm really happy about this because I was like, everybody has pros and it feels like Veronica's is the one that's just like, con, 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 yeah, con. Yeah. And you just kind of had to wait to see what Veronica's pro was yeah. going to be. So that and makes I think me happy. The wait was worth it, I yeah. would say. Mm-hmm. Betty also reveals that she did this for Charles because or, did, she did this for Charles because she wanted to do it for Alice. Finally! I, I mean, this makes no sense, it's given so what everything that's happened with them in the last few episodes, but I'll take it. It's so inconsistent, because it's Betty's just like, Mom, I hate you, I hate you, Mom. And then she comes back and is like, I did it for Mom because I knew, like, she would never want you to be dead or whatever. You know, do you remember in season two when she thought that Charles was dead mm-hmm. because Chick said that he was? And then she absolutely lost her mind or whatever, yeah. right? And so, like... Even though this is inconsistent, I'm just like I almost like teared up when Betty was like, "I did it for mom." Like that meant so much to me. I even think this though, is so funny. They just yeah. go back and forth on whether or not Betty likes Alice. 100. Yeah, yeah. That's why I like Betty this episode because she's <laughs> she's nice to everybody. Yeah. Betty says that she doesn't need to fixate on the past because she should focus on what she's doing in the present. I could have told you that three episodes and saved myself so much. Well, that's what crap. Alice told her when she was yelling at her. Yeah. And Charles is like, "Hey, well, what does that look like for you?" And she's like, "I'm going to catch TVK. And mm-hmm. I'm like, "That sh- finally for bringing up." back was your plot at the beginning of this season but okay and charles Mm -hmm. is like hey i have an idea about that yeah guys it's a really stupid idea it's very funny i'm obsessed i'm really excited for next episode thrilled to have a hiatus i'm so happy yes you guys know it's been 11 episodes without a hiatus and that's great if you're just watching but when i like but when you're doing active work every single week to put out podcasts about it it's so much and i am oh my god this is gonna be amazing i'm so excited i'm so happy for us right now yeah Archie and Percival square up in Sketch Alley. Mm-hmm. In that Archie stands in Sketch Alley, and then Percival and Kevin and Frank and Moose walk mm-hmm. out of the fog. Yeah, it's hilarious. So here, here's what I see. Okay, okay, this is a a prediction. Okay, I have, okay, I see Moose going against them. I also see he that he yes. doesn't have his heart in it. Um, every time that anybody else is being charm spoken, he's like, that's kind of stupid. Yes, you know, like every time that Percival shows up, he's like pissed off about it. I totally see Moose. Going over to Archie's side. I completely agree. Yeah. I, I think that's completely right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Archie tells Percival that, oh, by the way, your crew unionized rest last night and they're going on strike. Yeah. He's like, they asked me to be their representative. And I'm like, yeah, cause they're all scared. And they're like, Archie, can you talk to him, please? I don't want to. And they're like, uh, let's send the invisible, uh, the invincible guy. Yeah, exactly. That works. Mm-hmm. Um, Percival says that, um, Archie hasn't seen any real fighting yet, but he will. And then, I think it was either Robin or Sam, very loudly went, he's been in the war. Yeah, <laughs> that was Sam. I'm so glad you remember that because I remember Sam making a joke there, but I forgot what it was. Yeah, it Archie's was literally so been good. in combat, but okay. He's, like person was like, you haven't seen fighting yet. Archie's like, I've literally seen men die in yeah. a battlefield. But, okay. Jackson lost his leg, but okay. All righty. Yeah. Okay, Archie's like, oh, your whale is going to take a willy really long time oh, now. Oh, no. Huh? It's real. it's very funny to see yeah. someone who is just like this friggin' kid Mm -hmm. go up against a warlock and he keeps winning. Yeah, and he's like, well, they might change their mind once they see what's coming. And Archie's like, okay. Literally, they keep talking about, Percival, I think, says in this, the final battle or something. And I'm like, I know that the final battle is gonna be the most inconsequential, (laughs) lame-looking thing in the entire world. So this was episode 16, so 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. There's six episodes left in the season. And the battle's gonna be the last ten minutes of the final episode, and it's gonna look stupid. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, they might they might not even show us it because it's Riverdale and they have no budget. Yeah. So, you know. Well, the CW probably does have a bit of a budget since they get rid of all the other things they spend money on. That's true. They canceled literally everything. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think they've finished shooting? Um, they're meant to finish shooting this week. Okay. So they're shooting the final battle right now. Yeah. That's going to look funny. So Betty thanks Ronnie for helping out with Charles. Ronnie reveals that she kind of felt like she had the flu afterwards, but she got over it really quickly. That's yeah. kind of cool. Betty was like, it was like a huge risk for you to do that. So I really appreciate you yeah. doing that. Yeah, it was was really nice. Bro, it was kind of a piece of cake. Yeah. I can cure cancer now. Great. That's an amazing skill. How is Veronica doing anything other than going and doing this now? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if I was Veronica and I had this power, I would immediately be like, okay, I'm abandoning every other thing that I'm doing. This is literally my purpose now. I mean, they're not going to have her do that, but. I mean, for sure. Oh my God, imagine her, like, trying to cure the random thing that Hiram had that they Ah! never named. Yeah, she's going to be like, if I hadn't had my dad killed, I could have saved him. And then someone's like, from what? And she's like, just saved him. I don't him. know. What? You can't suck out evil, Queen. Mm-hmm. Also, it has to be like a blood disorder for it to be for her to suck I feel like it, it's or... anything. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. if she, All she has to do is give them a big, tight hug because that's how she got rid of the wormwood poison. Exactly. Yeah. Betty says that she's been on an emotional roller coaster, but she's pretty glad that she stopped Alice from killing Charles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sure. Pretty happy about that. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. She then says that she wants to book the Babylonium for a serial killer convention. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. So it's fans of true crime, fans of serial killers. And Veronica kind of looks at her like, oh, okay. It, Veronica, that is not the weirdest thing that Casino has seen. 100%. Um, I also, you know, like I said earlier, they're they're drinking her absinthe. It's very green and, uh, it's cool you looking. know, Betty doesn't keel over. So I guess it worked. And may I just say, for... Lily and Camila's benefit, I hope that was real absence for them. Yeah. Because the I the, uh, are they very well-paid actors? Yes. Mm-hmm. But you gotta absolutely feel something for someone who is stuck doing something that is creatively unfulfilling for mm. seven years. Mm. You gotta feel something. They're almost free. Yeah. And so are we. <laughs> It's true. Although I'm gonna enjoy the hell out of that last season. Oh, it it better be the most bat thing that's ever yeah. been made. If they go back to this not being supernatural, I'm gonna be furious. Yeah, yeah. So Tabitha returns home and finds out that Jughead left. He returned to the bunker because it's quiet down there. Mm-hmm. He was too overwhelmed by the thoughts of everyone around him and that maybe the bunker will call him down. Unfortunately, it doesn't because while Jughead is down in the bunker, he starts hearing everything from River Vale Oh my gosh, this was so exciting. It was like the face crack of the whole episode. I loved it. Because we were sitting there and we we're like, where are those thoughts coming from? Mm-hmm. And then I heard the typewriter and I was like, oh my god, it's Rivervale. Yeah, and like all of the quotes that he was hearing were things from those five episodes. Yep. And yeah. Yeah, so he starts hearing himself tapping on the typewriter because actual jughead, jughead is in the, in the bunker in River Vale typing out these stories as, like, I wonder if River Vale Jughead is, like, opening the fourth wall to this Jughead. Like, is River Vale Ooh. Jughead writing in Jughead figuring this out? That would be cool. And, like, maybe he's been trying to get through, but Percival's been blocking it, and now Percival's accidentally, like, opened like he said, open the floodgates to it or something. Um, that would be awesome. And I hope that that's what this yeah. is. But either way, I'm obsessed. And then at the end, when they show the logo, it changes from a D to a V. And it's like, oh, it's so cool. I didn't think that we would come back to Rivervale at mm-hmm. any point, And the fact that they do keep bringing it back is cool. Yeah. It was great. And I loved it. this episode. Yeah, it. it was a good episode. All right, so let's go into our segments here. Um, which character needs a hug the most? Um, I know he's a serial killer, but I would really like to hug Charles. Stop, but you're too you simp too much for Charles. I love him, and you're unapologetic about it. And I, I appreciate am. that. And my segment is which milf was the most badass? Tony brass knuckle beat the crap out of Kevin yeah. in order to get, protect her baby? Come on. Yeah. Sam, what are you shipping the most? Betty and Agent Drake. Thank you. Yeah, Betty and Agent Drake, and also F.P. and Alice out of spite, because yeah. he was pictured. Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. He would definitely be in her mind palace. Yes, for yes. sure. For sure. Alright, is Chick dead or what? No! <sighs> I don't think so, but I'm gonna keep doing this segment until we see Hart Denton again. Okay. I'd like to. I don't think he's dead. I don't think so either. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know how he lived, but... Can I just say congratulations on an update to this segment after you. all this time? Thank you. Is Hiram dead? Probably not. No. But who knows? I, I bet they end the episode or the end the season with Hiram showing up. That's what my guess is. I wish they would let it go, but I think you're right. Yeah. Yep. Like, it's going to be like, <gasps> cliffhanger, and then we have to wait till season seven. Phase crack of the century. Yeah. Now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to Percival for... You will deliver the beanie unto me absolute dramatics for what (laughs) for you know what he's got a flair for it it's true you know Mm -hmm. and mine goes to tabitha and cheryl for and percival as we know is all about control and tweed great line read from mads it's truly good yeah and they're right and they're right yeah okay trailer thoughts oh my gosh we have a hiatus very exciting it's only one week but it's exciting i'll take it so Uh, the blurb is, the cast perform musical numbers from American Psycho the Musical. In order to catch the trash bag killer once and for all, Betty devises a plan to hold a serial killer convention in Riverdale. Elsewhere, Cheryl receives some news about Tony and Fangs that sends her spiraling. So clearly she hears about the fact that they're getting married. While Archie and Tabitha try to loosen the grip Percival has over his workers. I like that a lot of Archie and Tabitha storylines are uh combined this season. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I wonder if Jughead isn't even in this episode because Cole doesn't want to sing. And also um they like left Jughead on a cliffhanger. So it would make sense to me if Jughead wasn't even in the episode. I agree. So I can't remember if I said this last. Yeah, I think I did last episode that there is no um, bootleg for me to watch. Uh, I think Brittany and Sam are going to watch the movie before before this episode comes out. I promise to listen to the soundtrack, but that's truly all I have room for in my brain right now. Yeah. That's all I got. So Veronica says, welcome to our first SlaughterCon. SlaughterCon. Listen, I have been to many a con in my life, and so I'll be able to tell you if it's accurate. Okay. So Yeah, I am I'm afraid this is going to be what the writers think conventions are like. I hope that they've been to conventions. It feels like there are people who have. I hope so. Yeah. So we see all these people rushing in with like creepy animal masks on and stuff, which is very reminiscent of. Stonewall and all the other times people have worn animal masks. We see Jughead. Oh, wait. We do see Jughead in the bunker. Never mind. Jughead is in the episode. My Ah, God. I got her. Um, Kevin says, I'm never going to forgive myself if we hurt that baby. So it's Kevin working with Cheryl at like the church altar and Cheryl is closing a big book and it's very clearly the one that she stole this episode. What is going on? Why did Kevin go to Cheryl for this? I don't know. And why would Cheryl help? Because she's mad about Tony and Fangs. Oh, right. Duh. I don't think she'd help hurt the baby, but I wonder if it's like not a voodoo thing, but like. Like, kind of like a voodoo thing. Or like a love spell or something. Or something. Correct. I don't know. So then the most exciting part of the entire trailer and of my life. Okay. Veronica says to Betty, are you hot for Agent Drake? Ah, I am losing my mind. I know this is going to be a red herring and I don't want to no. hear about it. No, it's not a red herring. They're doing it. Okay. You can't spell FBI without buy. Exactly. You can't. Okay. It's happening. Done. We're not we're not crazy. I don't think we're crazy. It's real. I think we're delightful. I'm so excited. Okay. In this episode when Veronica like went to Agent Drake, I was just like, wait, if Betty is taken, Veronica isn't. Exactly. So Veronica and Agent Drake? I'm like, if Betty doesn't want her, I will ship that instead. Yeah. I wonder if Veronica's like, are you hot for Agent Drake? Because if you're not, I might go for it. Because I'm like, I'm like kind of into it. Yeah. Yeah. So then Cheryl goes, my, my, my. And then we see Cheryl and Heather finally kissing. Yeah. I hope this isn't Cheryl being like, I'm upset about Tony and Fang, so I need to- get something out of my system and goes and kisses Heather. Uh, kiss- I mean, Heather. I know that's what it's gonna I just be. want them, I just want it to be wholesome. Yeah. Archie says, this is crazy. Veronica says, crazy. And Archie says, and dangerous. And then we see Cheryl dancing at the con and Betty clearly is also at this like dance party and sees TBK in the crowd. Probably it is someone dressed up as TBK and not actually TBK. I think it's extremely funny that this worked. who knows? It is hysterical that this worked. Yeah. If it if it did or if someone's just doing a cosplay, you know? Oh yeah, yeah, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, so about an hour after we finished recording, um, we got another anonymous ask in our uh, aficionado's uh, Tumblr. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to make sure that we we put it in there before the the next episode. Sounds wonderful. So uh, someone said, someone, because it was anonymous, you see. It do be anonymous. Uh, Oh my god, did you see the promo? Yes, I did. Yes, we did. With Veronica straight up asking Betty if she was into Drake. Yes, I did. I did. It was great. I feel like I'm being catfished. Yeah. I really hope they aren't queer baiting as they've been known to do. Yeah. The thing is, this relationship is really giving me some hope, and well, we all know how all the other cha- queer characters on the show are going, Kevin is just an asshole. Tony yeah. is isolated from the main plots and making some terrible decisions. Fang's pissing everyone off. Cheryl has been stuck in repetitive plots for seasons without much development. And then there are characters like... Charles, Chick, and Percival, question. Who are mark? all evil. <laughs> Who are all serial killers slash demons. Yeah. So, aside from little side characters, we have no queer characters or relationships that are really flourishing. So, what I'd love is maybe for Barchi to be an open relationship so that Betty and Drake can hook up and mm. Veronica can get some action given her circumstances. Wait, yeah. What do you think? Also, I love your podcast. I feel like we share so many opinions.
1: Thank I love so that much. idea.
0: And thank you so much about uh, agreeing yes. with my opinions. I try to have the best opinions in my opinion. <laughs> And so, if you agree with me, then you also have good opinions. In my opinion. I try to be the (laughs) smartest person in the room, according to myself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm super into that. I'm not overly interested in seeing Varchie, but in Hmm. that capacity, I actually wouldn't be mad at it. Yeah. I hope that if Betty gets to explore a relationship with the same gender, that Archie would do the same thing. Because I've been calling calling for Fruity Archie for literally seasons. I would absolutely love this. I... I think it's Riverdales so were probably being queer baited, mm-hmm. but I think there's there's something to that question being asked. And if even if it's just to say like Betty declaring, like, oh yeah, like maybe I'm like bisexual or something, it would just be something. Yeah. You know. Especially because Betty's one of the I mean, you know, a bunch of other characters are like protagonists who are queer. But, but Betty's the core four. But Betty's yeah. the core four. Yeah. yeah. I would like that. But otherwise I accept her with uh Veronica and if not, um, sad yeah no if if she's not gonna date betty drake we're talking about yes veronica's on un- a uh, veronica's unattached so <laughs> yes but, but I, I want also it to want, be betty do they I have want such good chemistry i want that for lily so bad like i don't necessarily want Barchi to break up yeah um i still really like Barchi, so i like the idea of the open relationship mm-hmm. but if they do break up it won't be the end of the world because i really like drake but mm-hmm. uh yeah i don't know yet mm-hmm. but i know i want it yeah, yeah. okay thank you thank you so thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Uh, thanks so much for, to Sam for hanging out while we recorded this pod. That's my honey honey. If you're so inclined, please leave us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. That would be great. If you're a fan of The 100, we talk about that show too. We did seasons four to seven as they were airing and we're going back to do the good old days, starting with season three, ending with season one. We're almost done season three. I love that. Huh. Um, If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we just watched season four and oh my god! Um, so we'll be doing a season four podcast of that soonish soon as soon as uh, as soon as we can we will yeah. we will get that out for you if you're a fan of lost we like to talk about that show too we're almost on season three over there as well it is our longest most big brain podcast um we have guests over there and a spoiler section at the end so if you want to listen along while you're watching for the first time you should it would mean the freaking world to me it's sure. one of the best TV shows of all time and and you're right yeah yeah you can follow the fiction autos on Twitter Facebook Tumblr Instagram Rebel, be YouTube but mostly Twitter and Robin makes gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr. I haven't posted anything on Redbubble or YouTube in years. I feel like it should just be Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram You can follow the point. Fictionados on Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> but mostly Instagram. You can follow the Fictionados on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and Tumblr. And Robin makes gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr. Yeah. (laughs) Our Patreon is patreon.com slash the If you like what we do here, please consider donating. It is expensive. It's free for you to listen to, but it's not free to make. And so we would really appreciate your help. You guys can get more information in the mid-roll that I did earlier. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we would just really appreciate your help. I like that. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, that's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, pretty much everywhere. Our next episode is episode 617. It's called American Psychos. Um, American Psycho is a novel by Brett Easton Ellis, who of course what? is the um, namesake of Brett Weston Wallace. <laughs> um, published in 1991, the story is told in the first person by Patrick Bateman, a serial killer and Manhattan investment banker. Yes. Okay. Okay. Looking forward to it, truly. I love a musical. Yeah, I would I would like to watch it soon. Yes. Yeah. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you, bye. bye.